Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you if people send you the same generic conversation starters they message everyone else? Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. What is up, Gypsy Gang? We're back uh, for an exciting episode of the podcast. Uh, a bunch of you have listened to our day one podcast from OzX Open. Uh, it was so much fun. Uh, we kind of did the ad read live in that one, but in this one, we didn't really get a chance to do it live. It was a little bit rushed uh, with Ando and Dean. So we're going to do a little bit of a ad read now. Um, this whole live podcast thing came about um, because of of Rob at Nobby. Uh, basically, they had like an activation uh, kind of uh, area in the pits um, because they were one of the main sponsors of the OzX Open. Um, Rob said, hey, how about instead of us doing like the standard activation thing, uh, you guys just do the podcast live. And I was like, damn, that's a really, really cool idea. So yeah, we kind of threw this thing together um, in under a week because the guys at Nobby are crazy busy. They sponsor a ton of different stuff. Uh, just the week before, they were at a music festival in Cairns. So we had like a week to pull this together. Uh, me and Rob hustled hard with the guys at AME and made it happen. Uh, so that being said, the first sponsor of the Gypsy Tales experience live from Ozex uh, Open is our homeboys at Nobby. Uh, join the Nobby Nation. You know the drill. $20 a month gets you a new pair of duds. Uh, and that's just, that's as simple as it is. You sign up at nobbyunderwear.com.au. You get a new pair of the best undies you've ever worn in your life every month. And that's it. You never have to think about underwear again. And we're like into it a little bit now um, with our sponsorship. It's probably been like, I don't know, maybe six months. Um, so I've got a pretty good little collection of, uh, of undies going now. Uh, and it's just really cool every month. It just keeps rocking up. You've got a little bit more, a little bit more. Um, and I'm now at the point where I've just completely thrown away everything else. Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys at Boost Mobile, uh, obviously another one of our long-term sponsors, but this time was a little bit different because we actually streamed the podcast via the data on my phone. That's how crazy it is. Um, I did a, a like a download upload test to see if it would be able to handle streaming the podcast or if we we're going to have to get something else. Um, but because Boost is on the full 4G uh, Telstra network, it was insanely fast. Um, so yeah, we were able to stream the entire podcast. I think we ended up streaming for five hours uh, over the course of the weekend, all live, all HD video, and it was all done um, just via my regular data plan. And I'm still not over my data. Um, which is crazy to me. Um, so yeah, 
that's about as real as an ad as it gets um, for the guys at Boost. And if you listen to day one, you'll also know that Harry Bink is on Boost by Choice. We learned that fun little fact. Uh, our third presenting partner for the podcast at OzX Open is the legends at Rival Inc. We've been wanting to work together for a while. Um, they're super busy. I'm super busy. And this was the time where we were just like, you know what? This is what we're doing. We're going we're gonna to make this happen. Um, Joel and Alex are good mates of mine. They're extremely good dudes. They're innovators in the space of moto graphics. Uh, so yeah, jump online to their website, www.rivalincdesignco, uh, and check them out. They do the most insane stuff. Uh, they do custom graphics. They do kits that you can just buy. They do jerseys, they do gear, they do plastics. They, they literally do everything. And these guys are true innovators when it comes to the, uh, the, the moto graphic game these guys are by far and away the leaders of the pack uh they've also done a promo code if you type in gypsy tales at checkout you're going to get 15 percent off so thank you to the boys for hooking it up um and that's it we're going to dry, dive straight into this one crazy lineup of guests we got jason anderson dean wilson uh creed Corey, cam sinclair uh, Lawson Bopping, Mike Sleeder. Uh, this was an epic, epic podcast, and I really enjoyed every minute of it. Um, and there's a lot more coming up over the next couple of weeks, um, including another live podcast from the Auckland round of uh, the Supercross. So thank you everyone for listening, and uh, yeah, I'll talk to you soon. We have on the uh, caster couch, I think we're going to call this. <laughs> Casting yeah. couch. Casting couch for what? No, the cast door, you know, like oh. Maxima. <laughs> right. Yeah, got you know here. what I'm saying? You yeah. get my pun? Yeah. So we got we're joined by one of my favorite humans, Dean Wilson, and the champ. Yeah, we're here. The champ is here. <laughs> we're here. How's that feel? Uh Are you used to that yet? Yeah, people keep saying it, but it, it's it's pretty cool, I guess. Uh I guess. I mean I yeah, won the, well, I won the Supercross championship and I yeah. guess it's alright. Like I've been working my whole life to I, do it. I feel like I'm more of a low key guy. You are, yeah. So like I kinda like just being like under the radar, but uh yeah, I guess I'm the champ now, so everyone, that's what they, uh, but that's only until uh, the end of the, until we start the next year of racing, so hopefully I can do it again and maybe yeah, you keep might it be going. the champ champ. Yeah, let's, let's hope so. Channel some of that Conor McGregor <laughs> swag. Champ, champ. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I got his swag. That's this guy's guy right here. Yeah, <laughs> when, we, uh, was there any talk of getting Earl here? Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I got you, bro. Yeah, uh, with Earl... That was way more of a procedure. It's not like something you can just yeah, like that's throw on in 20 minutes. It's like a four and a half hour job. So is that how long it took? Yeah, then it takes an hour to get off. So far out. Yeah, it's like it's like full on like makeup artist guy did it. So it was a process for sure. Did you think that was gonna blow up the way it did? No, not really. Just cause I didn't really know. Like we didn't really have a solid plan. We just kind of winged it. Um, and so the the people that were at the track were pretty much just the lucky ones that were the targets like yeah. I tried to get Jason to go <laughs> to the track and um, I kept texting him like hey um, are you going to Paula tomorrow and he like cool guide me I was like hey no the thing is is he texted me like three times and I was like <laughs> I was like why does he want to ride yeah, with he me must, so bad he, he must never think, like, why ride does he want to bad I texted him so many times trying to make sure he came uh -huh. to the track because I really wanted to get Jason <laughs> but then he never he had supercross that day he was wise though he was like dude he never texts me this uh, much and I know that Dean never replies to texts oh, <laughs> <laughs> you see this guy so we um yeah, he didn't show, so pretty much everyone that was there and on it was 
just who was there that day. There was like no arrangements or nothing. So, yeah. Fair enough. And how was like, because I wondered, like you just did a really good job of it. At some point, people had to catch on that it was... Like, um, was it? Did people catch on that it was you, or did people no, catch up like, that they were getting punked? People just were very suspicious, and like, I don't know, they just, uh, they just knew something was off. But they didn't. Oh, they all had a best punk to them, you know. They just like there this was, guy moves too, too quick. Who so. was uh? I think you were riding with mate. Was it Colt was yeah. out there, and yeah. then you just did like the nastiest scrub, and then you could see like halfway through the scrub, you're like, fuck, I'm supposed to be kind of gooning a little yeah. bit here. Yeah, and well, it was just way yeah. too much steam. It was hard. It was just because like you're acting all day, and I don't know how to act, and I'm doing it to people I know, so it's like they know your body movement and your eyes your teeth you know so and you're like not a you stand out in terms of like your size and my your style size and my voice my yeah. accent yeah so it was, it was tough i feel like the kit helped you out a little bit though the new balances yeah <laughs> <laughs> and i was wearing that jacket yeah. that old school 90s or 80s jacket and it was so hot that day it was honestly one of those things i was just so happy to get it done and then when my buddy Crest that would put all the footage together, like just kind of pieced it together and it started coming along and like, I personally don't even think it's that funny, but everybody else does. <laughs> but you know what? It's like watching yourself too. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. God, it's embarrassing. <laughs> Dude, you nailed it, but like, and it come from nowhere. Like there was no warning that that was going to happen. And it yeah. was just this straight up savagery that went down and it lit up, man. Like ev- I couldn't get away from that in the morning. Like, cause obviously the time difference I get right. up and it was just every single story that was yeah. on my Instagram was just like, oh, oh, throwing it down. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. No, I was and surprised. It's got over a million views, hasn't it? Uh, two and a half million. Damn, son. So, you yeah, on that Danny cool. Duncan program now? Yeah, I just, I'm, I don't know. This could be my last race. Just start YouTubing. You and Chad. Dino's YouTube. Did you subscribe though or not? Mate. You kidding? <laughs> you kidding? I'm, I lit that button up. You got to do, um, you got to do like the, what up, Dean Paulers? Swipe up, yeah. <laughs> my new merch. Are yeah. you gonna go that far into the YouTube game? No. I think you should though. You can pull it off. You and Adam can can really pull off the YouTube. Yeah, game. it's t- it's just time consuming is the hard part. It is, eh? But I don't know. I just like at the point right now where you just gotta keep yourself um, like out relevant. there and yeah, just you know you can also make good income doing it. You know if you do it right. If you do it so. right, yeah. Because you got the. You got the Evergood stuff, right? Like you're a part of that still, aren't you? Uh, yeah. Well, basically, I just I just help out like Shirk and all them. Yeah. They basically just they have, we have like these trips where we have little projects where we can do like videos and and for Shirk and them they like they love doing that stuff, you know. And they're so, good at it. Yeah, they're so good. And uh, yeah, between all of us, like to be honest, like I just kind of whenever they're in California, they just stay with me and. And they love doing the video stuff, so when they could get, like, contracts or whatever out there, we do that. And then whenever we could get maybe money for a project, like, coming out here, it's kind of just like a free trip for all of us, you know? Yeah, yeah. So uh, we get to come out, and they get to do some videos and stuff like that. But, dude, they're so good at it. It's crazy. Yeah, man. They did... The first one that they did with you was rad. And I think that they captured your vibe really well because like I remember when the last time I was in Florida with yeah. you guys mm-hmm. like you had a um, cardboard boxes like your TV stand like, like <laughs> yeah. you, you really are that dude you know what yeah. I mean like you're yeah. you, you sort of put they put that out in the video and that was the story but that really is what you're like like you're super cheap and oh, yeah. you're like you're not that out there being this excessive mm. dude and it was cool like 
for it to come out in a project that normally is normally you're like sensationalized shit, right? Yeah. Like, if, oh, I'm gonna do a video shoot. I'll go rent a Bentley or go go yeah, yeah, Hanson yeah. on shit. Yeah. But it's like it was cool that you guys were like, no, let's like really tell like this laid back story. Yeah, and, and and for them, I think it's easier with me too because they're with me every day, you know. Yeah. But they also do good projects with everyone, you know. Dean had one of the projects. They did a good job with Zach. They had like a couple little honey. deals. Yeah. The honey one was sick. They're just like yeah. super creative, like like you know Shark and Tom. Like they're just very creative. Like yeah. like they just come up with stuff, and like it's just funny how what interests people is like. It's not all about sometimes having the best of equipment to get good content. Like yeah. they, they walk around with like a little dad camera and stuff, and like I, yeah, we bought it. We bought it straight off Craigslist. Yeah, like it's just like bucks. it interests me more. Like it's yeah. just creative and like, yeah, it's I'm crazy. Right. It's like man. skateboard, like skateboarding um, yeah. roots, kinda. You know, it's crazy. Like, cause obviously you guys know this this production level stuff that I used to do in the states. Yeah. Like, fuck, we used to rock up with like. Half a million dollars worth Reds of shit. And all and it don't yeah. matter anymore. No, it doesn't, man. And you know what I think killed it is the the whole like Instagram story thing, right? Yeah. Because like that is like compelling content when you have a person that's just like mm-hmm. talking to their camera, and then all of a sudden it like got us used to not having to do the most like well produced content in the world. And it was well, like, you think like the first like verb platinums, those things went off. But if you made like another verb platinum, people have uh, already seen that. Dude, it's already, it's like, it's old, it's old news. Well, that's like, you remember the dream ride video yeah. that I did with Malcolm? Dude, we put so much yeah. into that. Custom made that track, flew yeah. Malcolm out. And then that got, that blew up. And that, yeah. that was still like pre, mm. like around that first that would even be that cool right now dude we did the second one a year later way cooler build a track in hawaii like it was ridiculous and it barely even yeah. got a million views and yeah. i'm just like what the, what do we got to do yeah but now i think the whole instagram thing like people it's like people just want to watch people they don't really care about the 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 cinematic mm-hmm. side of it anymore. It's just like, mm-hmm. just give me content, give it to me now. Yeah. And it's just this constant. And, and that's that's how, I think that's one thing, like even with Dean doing the Earl deal and stuff like that, I think people just want to see the personal side of you that you mm-hmm. kind of keep hidden for so long, you know? Because like when they see us, they're on the podium, like I want to thank my sponsors, blah, blah, blah. But like, honestly, like putting that personal side is on you for the yeah. most part. And I think that's like what he's doing with this YouTube and kind of what like Evergood's trying to do with all all of these people is you don't really see, see that. Like, people want to see you like even if you're just going out to like uh to eat and like just getting your conversation people just want to hear your conversation or yeah. whether it's just like anything it's well, crazy even, even how this whole thing blew up like way bigger than i ever thought it would mm-hmm. and it's just people talking yeah and it's like it's like because like your thing it's like um even when i go on youtube like i always watch uh uh joe rogan's podcast yeah yeah and it's like, yeah, they're just talking, but for some reason it interests me because they always talk about cool stuff and stuff you always wondered about and like Elon Musk, is that his name? Yeah. yeah. I don't know, they just like... Dude, I watched the one with the, that Shalizi dude. Right. Like, Who's that? The, you know, like Marshmallow, it's like his agent, you know what I'm saying? And talks about like oh, how he yeah, like... Yeah, 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 it's yeah. just crazy, like the, the markets that they have broken into 
with just like the brand Marshmallow, yeah. like culinary arts. And like, it's not even like he just makes his money on music now. He has like TV shows or like crazy stuff on the way they just went about like creating a brand. Well, you, you know, know who's crazy? Talk about it. You know who's crazy for that is um, you know, you know, Action Bronson. Yeah. Like you know his show that he has on Vice. <laughs> Wait, like, what is it like? Fuck, fuck that's, that's delicious. delicious. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, or like Two Chains' most expensivest. Dude, right? And <laughs> that it's shit's all tight. <laughs> it's crazy. And then that Hot Wings as yeah. well, yeah. where it's like people get on that, and it's just like the most random shit. Yeah. But I yeah. think. I feel like there's... I mean, I've thought a lot about it since I started the podcast. And to me, it's like... I think we're so used to seeing stuff in like these 15 second or minute windows, which is really cool. And it's really convenient. And it means you can always be watching something or doing something. Like, if I go to your Instagram every single day, there's going to be a story up that I'm going to find like entertaining. Mm -hmm. But then I think what that does is it makes you crave like a little bit of a deeper conversation as Mm -hmm. well, in a sense. So I think there's like a, it's like an offset that happens and it's like making everything sort of work. Like it's a, it's a pretty crazy time. And like, dude, even I, I just got, uh, one of my friends just texted me and was like, oh, who's coming on the podcast this morning? And I was like, oh, Dean. Oh, well, you know, Jay. Mm -hmm. And then Jay's like, dude, his Instagram, uh, his YouTube is killing it right now. Yeah. And it's like, we've we never seen stuff like that before. Yeah. Like, writers like yourself. Like, you've got to invest in that as well. Yeah, I mean, that's like, doing the YouTube thing is, I'm just trying to build it up. Like, there's like there was a guy here yesterday, I think, actually, some YouTuber. And <laughs> I didn't know who he was. I think he was a bit upset. <laughs> <laughs> mad, bro. But... Like, <laughs> Yeah, but, dude, these guys make so much money, and, like, at the end of the day, it is about making a living, but also, if you're documenting and just doing what you love still and making money out of it, too, I think that's pretty cool. Jason says he's go- he's going to be, like, he wants to be a, um, what did you say, like, a food tester, like, he wants to go oh, around. Oh, dude, yeah, I love <laughs> eating out, so, like, I want to be, like, a... Like a like a food guy, like go to these restaurants and just like say if their shit's good or not. You know, like basically what Action Bronson does, but I'm gonna figure out how to capitalize on it somehow. But no, honestly, I'm trying to get Dino to. I'm telling him to keep his YouTube going, like you are right now. And I'm just trying to write his coattails. I'm gonna be his hype man, dude. Everyone cool needs a hype man. Yeah, everyone exactly. needs a hype man. Yeah. No, I think it's awesome, man. And like AC's killing it as well, like because yeah. he, he's got he's such a unique dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I think and you're the same, man. Like you're. <laughs> You're the, there's only one Dean Wilson on the circuit. Right. And it's like, that's the sort of made for your own sort of channel, you know? Like, there's yeah. there's guys that just can't pull it off. And, like, yeah. I mean, both of you guys can pull it off. I don't know. Just, so you're saying Tomac shouldn't have a, like, I don't think Tomac, a YouTube channel? You I don't, don't think, think Tomac off? would. I think <laughs> I think if we started a YouTube channel for that rug, would you it follow, would. Would you follow Moose Can's YouTube channel? I don't think the moose has got a lot going on either, personality wise, <laughs> YouTube channel. I love the moose though. All power to moose. He's a very nice guy. Are you still training at Baker's Factory this yeah, year? Yeah, I am. Did you, when you, uh, last year, did you go back to California for a bit? Like, did you um, kind yeah, of get off I, that? I only went, uh, I went to Florida in December. That was about it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 I wondered if, um, if you were going to go back. Was there like, a bunch of people that as soon as you went back to California that were just like, oh, well, there goes Ando. Yeah, I'm a, a lot of people, even, like, people within my group. <laughs> yeah. But honestly, Dude, I, it, did, I was like, I was like, I'm going to do what I want I want to do and what I, I still be ready to race. So I kind of just was just kind of doing it. Like, honestly, sometimes whenever I just grind too hard, and it's not even that I wasn't grinding. We were still training. Me and Dino were doing motos in California the whole time. And, uh, 
the thing is, is just like, I want to be in a place where I'm happy. And sometimes I'm not, it's not that I'm not happy there. It's just, dude, I can't, I can't be in that it's serious pretty, of an environment it, for so long. It's so boring in, in like where you dude, guys are. Well, yeah. you're on the lake. It's not as bad for you, but like, there's yeah. just not, there's not a lot going on and you're around that. Like it's groundhog day for you guys. Yeah, but, like, stri- but straight up, like what we, what we do for fun is we like go out to eat and maybe go to the movies. And honestly, like I look forward to going to like Chipotle sometimes just to get out of the house and yeah. do something, you know? So it's, it's kind of, it is, and but like in California, like I feel like we train and stuff, but it's kind of home for me, you know. Yeah. So. And you've been there for a while now, eh? Yeah, I've been there since I was sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, I don't think people appreciate like the the grind that it it takes, especially at Baker's Factory. Like, yeah. dude, Baker's Factory wears me out, and I'm just filming. Yeah. yeah. Like, and it's so you know every single day what you're gonna get, and I mean that that is monotonous and it would be hard and like by the time you get into the season like you're not trying to get fitter you know no, what I mean you're trying to like, maintain so it's like yeah. there's got to be a balance of where like you enjoy the week to still be fresh enough to go racing yeah, yeah. exactly it's 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 a balance but I, honestly it still just wears on you but it's uh but at, at the same time, we're riding dirt bikes for a living, so it's it's not that bad. I mean, we can we can no, but you gotta make it as but, good as it can but be. But it's just for you. Uh, to keep riding dirt bikes and keep having an income doing what we do. We gotta grind, you know. That, mm-hmm. That's a that's the end of a uh, that's that's all there is to it, you know. But yeah. but it so, never really like gets easier. No, you know? it never gets easier. It's just you want to find different ways to try and enjoy the grind, you know, like. It's like the Baker's Factory, like the whole program, like it's just every day you, you're training, like literally like you'll fly back from a race on Saturday or sorry, you'll you'll race Saturday night Supercross, Sunday morning, you'll get up for a 6 a.m. flight, get on your plane, get home and then before you even like get in your house, you'll literally get in the, on the spin bike and do your cardio yeah. just to get it done with and then you can like flop on the couch and yeah. you're just, it's it's a grind, like and it, it takes a toll, like you look at People, you know, someone like Ryan Dungey, who is well, yeah, the retired most, at like, 27. Yeah, but the most like dedicated guy ever, and it even took a toll on him. And you know, I think it's a great program though, because it's this law of self-discipline. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter what, you have to get your training done. There's no cheating or yeah. any ways about it, because you always have to record your heart rate. And I, I like it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even on it anymore, but I still do the same thing. Well, yeah. it's it's funny though, like because you get dudes like like the Moose. Mm-hmm. He loves that shit. The Dunge, they love that shit. They want to just be told that if you do this, 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 and this, you'll be ready. And then, like, nothing else matters. But you're right. You, like, you only can do that to a point. And I think one of the biggest things that sucks about our sport at the moment is that, like, we're not seeing... Like, dude, Chad, K-Dub, uh, Villeman, all those dudes, like Tim Ferry, but like that last era before you guys sort of came in, mm-hmm. the norm was like riding into your thirties, like yeah. early thirties. Yeah. And now it's like shifted like a five year shift. It's like, okay, well it was early thirties, bang, now it's late twenties. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's just this five year shift. And then we don't get to enjoy guys like yourselves for long, as long as we should. And like, dude, I'm 30. I'm, I don't feel old. Yeah. Like I'm at, I would have, if I'm done, I'm retired for three years by now. Yeah. And it's like, I'm still a young dude. Yeah. So to me, I think that's one of the hardest things. And I think like, A, there's too many races in the Supercross series and then you go outdoors and then there's no off season. So yeah. it's like, I think that there's, 
that is an issue kind of within yeah. the sport and I think that's why you're seeing guys because you just can't sustain that grind yeah. and like if you maybe have like a 14 round Supercross series 10 round outdoor series and then that would make races like this easy to do and mm-hmm. more fun to do right yeah I, I think it's tough because I think you're just going to have you know decisions from from us riders but then from the corporate side the people that are paying the bills you know so it's kind of it's kind of hard to you know justify anything but yeah, I don't know what the right answer is to that, but yeah. for me, I would like to go into my early 30s racing, but at the same time, that's still a long ways away, and it could, I could get to a point where I'm like, you know. But it's hard. It's got to be hard, right? Like you're in, because the last time we hung out, we were talking about like this whole plan that you had yeah. for like the years, and it was funny. I rem- I, I specifically remember you saying that like I want to win win a championship by. I can't remember what year and then you kind of had like the rest of your career mapped out to where you still wanted to be a test rider but it's like it's got to be hard now for you because you're in a unique place of being like you're a champion so now it's like Mm -hmm. like that's one of the things that I find really disappointing for Chad almost is like he just might not get a ride and we just might not see him race again Mm -hmm. and it's like that's not a in my mind that's not a very fitting way for a guy that's given so much to the sport Mm -hmm. to go out and it's like for you you're going to get in a position and ryan would have got the same villo would have got the same thing james is another one where it's Mm -hmm. like when you've people expect so much of guys like you and now that you've won a championship they're going to expect even more so it's like for you to go into your early 30s what you're going to be cool with getting seventh in the championship and then you know it's like you're almost like a victim of your own success yeah i mean for me like i think um i will obviously at some point we're gonna start getting beat you know when you get older but at at the at the same time i love racing so i mean honestly it would be kind of nice you know to kind of like slowly work your way you know like if i'm 30 and i'm still racing and getting top fives look at brayton you know he's making yeah. a career out of it and i don't think there's anything anything wrong with that but i think the hardest thing is is what people have to say about it you know what i'm that's saying that's what i'm saying yeah. and, the, and the people are always going to tell you have something to say i mean just look at instagram dude there's trolls everywhere so i mean for us we just kind of got to do what we really want to yeah. do if that's getting fifth and you're 34 years old and still making money Hell, if you're having fun, go do it. Dude, I'm pretty sure LaRocco got a podium at 61. Dude, LaRocco, <laughs> dude, actually, Brayton's the oldest winner, so. How old was he? 30, he's 34 and like a half or something yeah. like that. Well, Brayton must have been close then. But that's why no, I was no, talking about no, Brayton. No, he the is winner. the oldest oh, winner. Yeah, yeah, I was talking shit about right. LaRocco, but he was old. Yeah, but that's what I was talking to Justin about yesterday was he's making more money now than he pretty much has his whole career. Yeah. And he slowed his like hey, a his winner whole Daytona roll, will do that for you. He's he's like slowed his whole like roll down though. He's not doing the outdoor grind. He's doing all these off season races. He's racing here, gets to stay in a beautiful place in Australia. You know, then he like bought a house here and stuff. Didn't yeah, he? like he did. his program's sweet. I think it's really good, and he's sustain. You know, still racing and doing what he loves. So because you got to think, I think though, it's good on him. You got to think like when someone says like oh I'm going to start a new diet or I'm going to start working out or whatever what's like the advice everyone gives them make it sustainable like you know what I mean don't go so hard that you can't sustain like I'm never going to eat a carb again no bro you're going to eat a carb again like you can't do that and I think that it's the same with what you guys do and like I mean, and I love Alden, like, obviously, he's a a friend of mine, but it's, like, that program, it's, like, I think you know what you're going to get. It's, like, you're going to win, 
and then you're going to be super over it. Yeah, but I, but I, you've got to hope that the winning is enough. The yeah, but I feel like Alden, like I've I've had the conversation with him to where you know sometimes I don't want to be around him. You know, like <laughs> at the end of the day, and I told him I'm like, dude, it's nothing personal or anything, and I want to work with you forever, but I need longevity in my career. So me being in California. Don't take that personal, but it's just me getting away from you because he's so gnarly whenever you're around him all the time. And uh, that's just how he is. That's just his nature. But that's the reason why he has so many championships. Yeah, that's why he's so good. You know? Mm-hmm. So it's a, it, it is a give and take, but I think for like like me, like I got to really know what I want yeah. and I got to know like my plan and I got to worry about me. You know, I don't want to worry about hurting Alden's feelings by going to California or anything like that or just anything, you know? So, um I think you got to just worry about that for for longevity, but I still don't even know if that's going to work because I'm only 25, so we still got another yeah, yeah, years exactly. to come to figure that whole deal out. But it's cool that you, like, if you look at you from the outside and your image, yeah. you're like, "Fuck, he's a cruiser." Like, he's yeah. not, you're not really thinking too hard about yeah. this stuff, but like, you really are, man. And I think you're, you're smarter than people give you credit for and not I don't think it, that's in like a bad stu- way are you saying I look stupid yeah big time <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I don't think that's like a bad way but I don't you're not like you don't put that image across all the time but you're nah. like you think about this shit a lot yeah um yeah I guess I do I, I feel like honestly I'm way more analytical than people would would uh, yeah. would realize but it's kind of cool with me though because I feel like it kind of sets the bar low for me for expectation and I'm cool with that <laughs> Uh, so Australia, we're here. I'm pretty pumped. You're here. Yeah. Um, is this your your second trip? Yeah, mine your second, his trip? second trip. Yeah, yeah. you both. It's both yeah. the two years in a row mm-hmm. that you've done a day. Yeah. yeah. How do you like it? This event. Um, I like I like the event. Just being here in Australia is super nice. And we come here in the summer. It's uh the weather is nice and uh, they let me and him go chill on the yacht whenever we fly in. So it's not a bad deal. We get to check out Sydney and stuff. So it's cool. Yeah, no, it's really cool. I love it here. I just woke up from a nap, so I'm still getting out that grogginess. Just like you knew you, know. you had to come here, bro. You should have <laughs> done. The chair like hit me so hard. Like I fell asleep in my room, and then I woke up, and I'm looking at the time, like, oh, I gotta get going, and I just like, oh, I'm still coming back to life. Yeah. Anyways, love it though. It's like we we've been having a good time. Um, it's just a awesome country, awesome people, and yeah, it's just really fun to be here. Yeah. The um the track last night, I guess we can talk a little bit about um the you know, the event like the racing side of stuff mm-hmm. uh, itself. Uh what are the I guess like your um thoughts on, on the track? It's it's hard because like they've kinda got a certain space to work with. Mm-hmm. But I think they they did a pretty good job of the track this year, um, yeah. with with what they sort of had space wise. Yeah, I think the the track's pretty good. It's uh it's kind of small, but it's not it's not like bad or anything, you know. And I think they do really good with the space because like last year I saw it and I was like, holy crap, it's gonna f- be so tight. But when you actually ride it, it's, it feels bigger than what it looks like. And uh, yeah, but this year it's a, it's a little bit more technical and it's kind of I think it's gonna have a little bit harder uh, spots to pass. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know. I got I we. Uh, we got our butts kicked in time qualifying last night by Brayton, so hopefully we can uh, figure it out I think today. like the two oldest guys in the class. Lucky Metcalf didn't beat us. Uh, <laughs> dude, yeah, Betty's, dude, Betty's been running pretty good. Gas, though, yeah, sure. dude, I was like doing a... I did one lap and I'm like, man, that was pretty fast. And I'm fourth behind Reardon and Brayton on top two. And the guy hasn't raced in six months and beats me in qualifying. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's all right. Yeah. I'm always quick for a short spurt. That's <laughs> <laughs> what Sarah said. <laughs> Did she come or not? Yeah, she's here. Oh, did she? I haven't seen her. Yeah. Yeah, so you guys... Yeah, and you're going to come up to the Goldie for a bit, eh? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be sick. No, I'll be good. Be good. It's mm. pretty cool because obviously I'm racing New Zealand, so um, I'm going to Hayden Mel Rossi's after this and then riding and training. And, you know, my main priority is to get my training in still, but at the same time, I want to make it a cool little trip as well. So then... Uh, the oil field piping guys have really looked after me and will be staying in the Goldie and uh, probably riding at Reardon, so it'll be fun. And then we'll uh, we'll have to do a couple boat days with old Harley and maybe a couple of uh, couple cool dinner spots. You can yeah. I, I mean the boat day. I don't want you, gonna, I don't want you guys to talk about it anymore. Are you, are you, yeah. What are you doing? Are you going back? Yeah, I, I'm. I, yeah, I'm. Flying back, riding Monday, Tuesday, racing Paris, back to Florida. Oh, you gotta Man, go. Man, I'm really on the grind. I really next year though I wanna hopefully plan to maybe do this same deal or something like that. It'd be cool to kinda be able to spend some time here. It's too far to come to just go straight home. I know. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like that's why I did last year, just came for the weekend and then raced par- flew from here to Paris. Um, so that was like That's a big journey. flight too. Yeah, dude. and we got stuck in Singapore for a couple of days. So he's racing in Paris next weekend, which is actually cool because I can watch that. But yeah, um, yeah, it's I don't know. This off-season racing is like it's kind of fun though. You're just like kind of cruising the world, racing, seeing stuff. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. I wish that. Yeah, I just wish that the schedule let everyone do it because I feel you know what I mean. Like if there was yeah, let, we even for me like I have to fight to be able to race these races. Dude, I yeah. The, yeah, my the, team manager barely let me race this one. Uh, Earl, <laughs> Earl, your team manager. Earl. <laughs> oh, dude. Um, y- you know what is a crying shame, and I know you boys don't want me to say it, but you two should have been a straight rhythm. Straight rhythm. You had a bike. You had a two fifty two stroke. Yeah. Shit was sitting there. Had a one plate on it. That was a shame for me. As a fan, I was I, I got so much, so much like trolls you, on my Instagram saying that I shouldn't be running the number one plate on a two stroke because it was stank dogs. Tell them that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was like, dude, my whole feed like hundreds of comments, and I was like, I wasn't red near ready. I only rode for like a week before. It's so. forty five seconds, bro. Dude, I had to make sure the knees would stay in place before I go try that stuff. Yeah, I was chatting about that. <laughs> Hey, you want, we need to go do our okay. signing. You gotta go. Yeah, we gotta go. We gotta do our signing. But yeah, thanks for having We're us. We're getting on the here. eye right now that's saying like, oh, who's, uh, who's, uh, oh there is people. Oh, okay, there yeah. is people here that are telling. Yeah. Well, don't leave me alone, guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. I'm, I'm stoked to come on. Uh, and uh, when do you go? You go straight away, right? Uh, yeah, I go back tomorrow. Okay, yeah, I wish we could do like a legit one of these. Me and Dean, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna go deep. We're gonna do a three hour one. I think Dean's got <laughs> Dean's got some stories. Bring these at the after party tonight. <laughs> I don't know if we're gonna do that. I think once I've finished pressing record on this, I'm out. I'm because right, this right. has been a stressful deal getting this shit sorted. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it, boys. Yeah, uh, it's been good seeing you. Since I'm not allowed back in America anymore. Well, what? You're not allowed back in America? Did I not tell you that? Why? Oh, it's a long story. Okay, yeah, we gotta go. <laughs> That's all you knew. G'day, Billy. Uh, Come on the podcast, Bilko. These guys are leaving me. All right, see you guys. All Free right, smoke. later. Free smoke. Yeah, thanks, boys. Cheers. Oh, oh no, Dean Wilson and Jason Anderson, the champ. Dub boys. Thanks, thanks legends. Later. I'll talk to you after. See ya. What's that? Oh, I'm still waking up. See you, man. Oh, really? Maybe, yeah. All right, we'll be back in two seconds. Stick around, guys. We'll have more people coming on. Just send anyone over. Whatever. Whenever anyone's ready. Oh, 
fix this up a little bit. How's your mic, mate? Yeah, it's all good. good. You're good. all solid. Yeah, hear me. I got you loud and clear, mate. Yeah, loud and clear. We're good then. What sexy voice you have. You like it? I do. I can actually. put a bit of husk into it. If I'm you a want. huge, huge fan. Yeah. Um. So, mate, I actually speaking of. Uh, Speaking of huge fan, I actually am a huge fan of what you've done. It's been uh, it's been a pretty crazy ride for you. We said uh, we said before that to what two weeks before this event a year ago, you didn't even own a motorcycle. Is that right? Yeah, about yeah, 12, 13 months ago, I didn't really have a bike. I had no real direction of what I wanted to do, and then I just obviously found it, and then I um, grabbed a bike and um, spoke to the promoters and asked if I could come and do their best whip comp and then um, he's like yeah sure come along so I put some training in and then yeah that was my first best whip like whip comp here last year so what's your riding background because I mean you're from the Goldie as well right and like I'm sort of been down there for a while and I haven't really even come across but like come across you but all of my mates know have known about you for a while so to me you come out of the woodworks but you've obviously been doing this for a while right it's like we do big circles around each other because we've all got the same mates but we just keep yeah just following each other around i got a racing background yeah but i stopped that in like 2010 yeah and i went overseas like doing live shows and stuff from a guy you might know dave ellis yeah right yeah doing stuff like that so okay um, shout out to davo shout out to davo oh dave ellis the boys here they are (laughs) um yeah sweet so you went and did uh, what shows, like freestyle shows? You were doing whips and stuff? Yeah, or? yeah, so just like ramps, just basic stuff, yeah. like um, jet skiing and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I'm right. driving cars, so that was in Germany, and then moved to the Gold Coast and Movie World, and I'd do their show there. Are you still doing the Movie World stuff? Yeah, yeah, still there, but we don't have bikes. Yeah, they've had... X'd that, thanks, yeah. Sam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they X'd that, so we just got cars now, so. Yeah, right. And so you get a bike, and then this show is actually sponsored by the guys at Rival, which help you out a lot. Yeah. So they have, they've, like, helped you out, and then they got you to this event, and now from that like your life's been crazy this last 12 months right yeah so rival like kind of my first sponsors that jumped on board alex and joel man they, they they've helped me out massively yeah and um yeah so i just got kind of ready for that got, got a bit of prepping for oz x and those boys kind of pushed me and got we got maddie mac so a bit of a shout out to maddie mac we he did a video for us yeah right and is that the one where you were like drifting yeah. and stuff in the ute yeah, yeah the that was on the back so we did that and then we, we came down here yeah, nice. And so you did Nitro Games in the US, right, as yep. well? Yeah. And then, so that that was that like your first big international sort of thing that you did as like this? Because like, I guess it seems like there's like a 2.0 version of you. There's like the first version of you, which was doing like the shows with Dave. and yep. But you weren't like this kind of the, I guess, as prominent in the scene as you are now. So did that uh, World Games, was that what really kicked off? this like sort of second part of your career in a way no i think it was oz x yeah okay so it really started there. started here so after my winning last year i kind of i'd like to say it opened the door for x games yeah speaking to the promoters there and um he's like oh what do you think about quarter pipe so i was like oh yeah something i'd be pretty interested into like doing so i mean a good buddy of mine scott who owns a earthworks company we um, built a compound and like just dodged up a FMX ramp, like cut it in half, put it on a, on like the face of a, the dirt. No and way. And started jumping, just started getting the feel. 
And then um, my good mate of mine, Jay Tuya, you probably know, he yeah, um, yeah. spoke to Pastrana for us and asked if I could come over to America and uh, ride their practice they had for World Games. Yeah, okay. And that's kind of where it all got started. So then I went over there, rode the practice, and then, um, yeah, then I got the invite. They're like, yeah, you did good, so you come back. And so that's just a straight hustle. Like, like yeah. you just backed yourself to go yeah. to the US with no real promise of, like, riding the actual event itself. Yeah, no promise. It was just, like, all off my own back, just kind of just went for it really that's just like the full Aussie battler story too. full Aussie battler that's so we, good we, eh? we dig pretty hard yeah I'd like to think <laughs> I feel like um, the good thing too about the whole Nitro Circus universe is that Aussies are pretty respected as like full-blown senders yeah when it comes to when it comes to that crew so was that like a bit of an easy in as well yeah for sure like with Blair Bilko and like the rest of the boys Mini and Sheeny shout out to Bilko shout out to Bilko <laughs> You get last at best whip tonight, but um, damn, throwing shade, son. <laughs> oh, sorry, seventh because Jo's out, eh? Seventh, sorry, man. Wait, top seven's fine, man. <laughs> I'd be all right with the top seven. Yeah, so yeah, the circus obviously loves the Aussie boys, so um, they were arms wide open, really. So they invited me in, and they yeah treated me like family straight away. Is it what you thought it would be? Not at all. When I got there, I like, was like, what did you expect? I expected like this quarter pipe, but you get there and it's like as high as this building. It's like what, 36 feet, right? 32 to the 32. top of the ramp. Fuck that. And then we were going, my highest was 38, yep. but like Colby's was 45, so that's like what, 75 feet above ground, so it was pretty gnarly. When I first got there, I was like, what have I got myself into? Yeah, that's what Berriman said, like yep. even at X Games, he's like, dude, I just haven't even hit one of these fucking things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, but I got the X Games one built a couple of weeks ago and I had it sitting out of my compound. And I was looking at it and I was like, it was more intimidating than the World Games one. And the really? World Games one is like a whole lot bigger. But does it just look like it looks safer? Yeah, yeah. The way TP set it up, it's just really safe. Like I had a few crashes on it, but you just slide. Like it's all artificial grass and whatever. Yeah, right. And you just slide on your back, you get up and you go again. But huh. um, the ramp at home, you're looking at it and because you're going to dirt, you got a bit of a gap. You know, it's kind of more intimidating than, than the one over there, so... Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, that that whole deal, like, it all just scares the shit out of me, to be honest. <laughs> but, like, even a dude, like, when we had Berriman on the podcast, he was talking about, like, how crazy that whole thing is. Yeah. And the craziest thing about the whole step-up quarter pipe deal is that that's just the start, man. Like, that's just the start of oh, what's I possible. I can't even imagine, like, the next 10 years what, what they're going to have us doing, basically. And even, <laughs> like, be like, Berriman was saying, you guys are only hitting that quarter pipe in second gear and yeah. not even full throttle. Well, that's the thing. Like, the top of the ramp, like, where I'm losing second gear. There was, I had a crash and I just got to the limiter before I even got off the ramp. That's really? how, like, long and how fast you have to hit it. But, yeah, set, top of second on 450 is pretty pretty quick, yeah, quick so. yeah and it's just vertical yeah yeah you basically feel like you're going to do a backflip because the thing's so vert so what about the the lifestyle though of like being on tour has that been something that was that what you expected or well i haven't actually well you're not on the tour, tour, tour but, but being your life there. is now on tour yeah, like yeah. you're you're in now you're in this it's, little club it's um it's it's pretty like oh no it's pretty full-on like you got to be you know, answering and like making people happy and all that which is which is perfectly fine but um yeah you just got to make sure you you know you're all over it basically like social media stuff and being away at the events and like, looking after the people that look after you and then obviously trying to sit down and focus on what you're trying to do there as well so i think that's what i've been trying to adjust to as well is trying to run around and like um do signings or anything like that but then get 
back to the truck or whatever and be composed and ready to go and ride. So Yeah, like actually put the game face on game when face you have on. to put the game face yeah, on yeah, and actually go out it. there and do it. But I'm, I'm loving it, of course. Like, I'm the, not complaining. Yeah. It's just, um, yeah, it's just right. I'm, I'm a people's man. I'd like to make everyone happy, I'd like to think. So, So and you're... Um, we got a common sponsor with Boost. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty rad that those guys picked you up. Yeah, yeah. Jason, Nick, man, they're awesome dudes. So especially Jason, he's cool. He's like one of us, one of the boys. Yeah, he is for so sure. So we email back and forth, like talking talking smack. So he's, he's cool. Same with Nick. So what are your goals then with this? Like, do you think that you're going to be able to get on like the Nitro Tour or do they do the half pipe or the quarter pipe on Nitro Tour or are you just going to be more like the trying to do like the big event stuff yeah so it's big events for sure now after x games so it's all starting to kind of flow in yeah but uh, i'm trying to because i've got my quarter pipe at home it's built ready to go i'm trying to sell it to the uh, aussie cap city tour yeah okay so put it in the show so So what is that aussie so it's just like capital city tour so oh for nitro Nitro tour yeah yeah yeah, for the actual uh the live like the circus yeah 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 yeah, I'm just trying to sell that to them and try see if they want to have it in, and I'll obviously ride it, so that's where we're at the moment. So, for how high you're going, are you? have you put a lot of practice time into this yet? Yeah, like, since March, I've put in, a, yeah, hundreds of hours. So you feel pretty dialed on yeah, it? Yeah, 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 like, um, I feel like a 30 foot is pretty, is pretty, like, safe now these days. Yeah. And, like, 30 foot to it, like, you're the audience is huge yeah but I think 30 foot like off the first jump at, at a show is pretty easy f- now after riding it full yeah, time yeah. So. and what do you think like so obviously Colby Raha was at 45 feet do you think like you can get there like what do you sort of got to do to sort of get up there yeah so there's a little bit of like a miscommunication at World Games I kind of thought that once I was into third I'd go against Colby and Axel oh. but it was more like once you're into third you're done you got third uh, so, so I was you kinda, thought you had more I had more for sure but I was just biding my time I was probably being a little bit too smart when I shouldn't have been I was kind of just had my smart hat on and just you know it's the first big international event yeah. I wanted to do good I wanted to, didn't want to crash out kind of thing and then um, yeah I was kind of out of the competition but I like Colby's 45 I definitely had 43 plus yeah. but just yeah it was out before I knew it yeah okay but I guess you've always got next year yeah that's it so I was yeah, a bit of a rookie this year so just kind of learning learning the ropes so where did you grow up racing motocross? Were you like doing the whole Southeast Queensland thing? Yeah, all that. So and how old are you? So who were you racing? So uh, I'm 28. So back then it was like Simon Thompson. Yeah. All those yeah. boys. Dude, yeah, yeah, he's a legend. Yeah, Simon's sick. He's, he's got a cafe. Yeah, whereabouts is that? I haven't actually been there, but I think it's Tweed Way. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Marshall and his family, they all hang out there heaps. So I've been meaning to get down there, but... Yeah, he's a really, really, really yeah. good dude. Yeah, he's a legend. But yeah, like, I'd travelled around doing southeast motocross and all that kind of stuff. Reading Creek was home, yeah, home for right. me. That's where I learned how to ride. So. No shit. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. So yeah. what? Uh, who else was in that era then? So, like, Luke Wilson, yeah. me and him, like, we're best mates, and we raced each other our whole lives. Oh, right. Um, yeah, it's hard to remember, really. It feels it was a long probably, time yeah, ago exactly. now. It feels like a while ago. Yeah, it does feel like a long time ago. So, like, Reardon was still around then in his yeah. younger days, but, yeah, we never raced together. We're good mates now. He drives this movie world. Oh, does he do yeah. that as well? Yeah, so I got him started out there, so we hang out there now and do a bit of driving. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, after World Games, you did X Games this year, right? Yeah, yeah, a couple and weeks ago. Best whip. Yeah. Did you, did you get second at that? Yeah, second. So. That's crazy. Did you think that 12, like, I guess, rewind 12 months 
and this is like your first thing and now you're a dude that's got an X Games medal. Yeah, it's got to be pretty crazy, right? Yeah, it is crazy. It's like last 12 months have been like so full on. It's been, feels like Oz X 2017 was two days ago. So yeah. the last 12 months have been hectic. But um, yeah, I had a pretty gnarly crash two weeks before X Games. I just had like a bit of a bike malfunction. It turned off and went straight to my head. I was out for like a minute, broke five ribs, broke my thumb. Oh. Ten days before the event. So my first ride at X Games was back from the crash. was Saturday practice and it was pretty average. I was like kind of, you know, I was pretty nervous. I had Rockstar there and I had like my new signing with Unit. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, just had pretty much had to put the game face on on Sunday and just ride the way I knew how to. And, um, yeah, ended up working out all right. And how much pain were you in for that? Yeah, Saturday event? was pretty, pretty, pretty gnarly. It was, it was kind of my own fault. I took, I had a few painkillers like, right before I rode, so they started kicking in like after I rode, not oh, whilst I was riding. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, especially landing because we got a fair bit of rain, as you probably know. Yeah, that was a. Yeah. I didn't even see you that much at X Games. No. No, no, not really. I was running around like I said before, tr- running around, hanging yeah. out with everyone. So. It was it was because uh, we were trying to do the podcast there, and it was hard because of the um, weather. Yeah, the weather, man. Like, and you guys were just on standby the whole time. Yeah. Like there was to say there was scheduling issues is an understatement. Yeah, well, it kind of shook everyone up a little bit. I think like yeah. it was scheduling, riding, and track prep guys. Like those guys killed it and got us out there. But they did do a pretty good job. Really. Oh, like did, you were there the Saturday night. Yeah, man. We got like thirty mil, and it was it like flooded. Down, dude. It was pretty much flooded. And then I come in the next day, and we were, they were like pretty much prepping it, ready to ride dry. Yeah, I didn't think that. Um, I didn't think that Sunday would happen. No, neither did I. I was we were on our way back to the Airbnb, and I was like, yeah, I don't know if we'll be right tomorrow. But um, yeah, they killed it. Yeah, they, it they pulled it out. What was the What was the experience like? Because it's one thing to be able to do a huge whip, and you know, you got like your compound and all that stuff. But like to actually do it on the stage that you had to do it. That's pretty gnarly, dude. Yeah, let's well, get you rewind back to us Aussies. You kind of you get there and you just kind of like, oh, it is what it is. You get it done. You you dig deep. So it is. It was pretty like the pressure was on for sure. Like rookie, rookie, like X Games, my first one. So yeah, I was um I was you know packing it a fair bit. But um it's weird once you put your helmet on, you're like you you're ready to go. Dude, I find that as well. Like I've recently started um, doing some competition stuff again. Yeah. And that whole lead up is just this most nervous energy that you have and then you it just goes away. Like as soon as you get into the thing that the you're doing, it's yeah. gone and then at the end of it you have it's such a relief. And then you're like, why was I so nervous about all that? Yeah, like, it exactly. actually wasn't that bad, right? Yeah, and I'm the worst for, like, doubting myself. I'll be like, even, like, track board yesterday, I'm like, man, this jump looks big. I've yeah, done it, like, yeah, three million times. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you just, I just doubt myself massive. It's just a nerve thing. But then once you're out there, you're ready to roll, you, you, you do what you do. And now, like, that you got a silver medal at X Games and you've done... Did you get third at World Games in the... Yeah, third. Yeah, yeah. so, like, you've been meddling, you're this consistent yeah, sort yeah. of dude. Like, in your head now, have you got, like, a bit of a roll-on? A bit of a roll-on, for sure. Like, yesterday, I was kind of felt pretty good just in practice here, but it's just kind of, like, my very lowest riding. So if I can be d- doing that in practice, then, yeah, I'm kind of definitely have the roll going. And then tonight, we'll just let it all loose yeah what um how much do you follow the racing side of things these days used to follow it massively but yeah. now with like nitro and x games and oz x and all that kind of stuff i don't really follow it all that much at all definitely not any of the aussie stuff 
I kind of just concentrate on what I'm doing, really. None of the American stuff or anything. Yeah, I just worry about me and just trying to, you know, progress and just trying to chase my dreams. So it's hard to watch anything else and put my time into it when yeah. I'm trying to just worry about myself and and the career that I'm trying to, you know, create. It's got to be, it's got to be uh, still in this early stage for you of like just getting used to like this new lifestyle, right? Yeah, for sure. Because like, like you literally went from zero to hero. Zero to a hundred. Yeah. yeah like, cause it feels it, like it. It wasn't, you know, and not that you weren't or didn't always have the ability that you have, but in terms of like showing it on the world scene, like you, it wasn't a thing. No, not at all. I didn't come in Oz X last year just really come and have fun I never would have thought that it would lead into you know going over there and riding in America and that was like my biggest dream as a kid yeah. I just want to go to America and ride and do something race I was racing back then but now yeah I just want to go to America and compete and then yeah what six months later or less seven months we were on our way to America just from just from winning here so yeah it's pretty gnarly dude, yeah it's you, been crazy when you think when you like really put it all into perspective yeah, yeah. Eh? yeah I've put my um my missus through a fair bit of hell that's for sure oh with just like being away and shit. yeah and just stressing about stuff and doing all that she's been a champion so no it's, it's been good yeah I mean it, it definitely and I think too like on the outside it looks a lot different to what it actually is oh for sure it looks hun- all hunky dory but like you know getting bikes prepped or getting bikes prepped and ready over there and yeah. getting yourself ready like uh, this year I've had a heap of like just little niggling ir- um, sorry injuries so they've just been a bit of a factor too so it's been still good I love it never complaining yeah I mean it's funny like even um, even with the podcast like just to pull this off it's like literally a week of sleepless shit and then but yeah. like what you put on Instagram and it's like this really cool nice looking thing yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like you the same with you like you post like your best whip photo yeah and but it's like well to get to that best whip there was like a whole Days lot of shit weeks yeah, yeah, yeah the, that, the lead up that is like no in nowhere near as glamorous but it's so important like to be properly prepped and like put the effort in to get organised because like you come here if you're not organised you know you're out of whack you're all over the shop and then it affects your riding too. So I'm pretty big on being fully prepped days before an event. And then if there's little niggly things, then we get them too right before it. So yeah, yeah I'm huge on like the lead up and preparation for stuff. It's funny because like a lot of the time you you don't really associate like uh, freestyle dudes with that kind of like regimented, organized kind of deal. Yeah, you yeah. know, like a lot of the times you you kind of go back and think like old school crusty demons Cut trash guards. in hotel rooms yeah and, yeah yeah you know doing all that yeah, shit but it's that. like dude the that the, like times have changed man they hey, like really have a hey? like really because like i got my bracing background so that's just it's just in my blood to be prepped and ready i yeah, even like yeah. just my whip and this weekend i brought a mechanic just to you know, make sure bike's sweet and all that yeah it's just the, the prep that means means everything really to me anyway yeah, and it's, I mean, it's obviously the way that you guarantee uh, success, you know what I mean, is to, like, actually... Putting it in. Yeah, make sure that, yeah. you know, the, the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. That's you, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, see, I live massively like that. Dot your I's and cross your T's and just be as humble as you can be and be a good person. It's, it's um, hard. yeah, I mean, it's, like, it definitely isn't hard, but then at the same time, like, it's it's got to be a little bit not hard but it's like something to get used to and now all of a sudden people are like creep 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 oh, I want your autograph and yeah, they're yeah. like you know the girls and attention and stuff like that like especially when it's not something that you have been exposed to like it's 
even if you get through it, it's still a new thing that you have to yeah, have adjust to, deal to with. you know. But yeah, you, know, you just make the time for fans or friends or anything like that. It's just something you got to do. You can't palm anyone off or anything, so it's just, yeah, making the time. Has it been day. cool having dudes like Bilko and Harry and, and guys that are like, and you know, like you said, Tui as well, like that are pretty established? Like, did you almost kind of just from being around those guys so much did you almost like know what to expect in a way yeah kind of like the boys have been awesome like um, more more Tui and Harry Bilko's been a bit of a nightmare but um, <laughs> no nah, but uh, yeah it's been cool like living like kind of growing not really growing up but riding around those guys and kind of seeing how it all all goes down and their mentality towards it all and all that kind of stuff so um, yeah no nah, the boys have been a massive help in, in basically finding the path of where I want to go down for sure yeah it's cool when you've got those kind of mates around you that can you can like really lean on their um like their knowledge because like they've kind of done it all before yeah for sure I'm always like ringing Bilko and messaging him like asking him about stuff or like what do you do what do you because he's like nearly 40 eh he's a I thought he was over 40 Bilko's been Bilko how long you been pro like 21 years 30, 30 years. He's just... Nah, he's been a huge help, so nah, I appreciate it all that. Could you imagine having to do all of it, like, completely alone? Like, say you didn't know any of the, the boys that you know, yeah. and then you get this, like, X Games invite or the Nitro thing. If you didn't know anyone on tour, if you'd never met anyone that had lived this lifestyle before you, do you think that... It would be completely different. It would be completely different. It probably like to be honest, like this world I think we grow up in is like it's more about what you not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah. As you probably know, but um, it'd probably be a hell of a lot different if yeah those boys didn't put in there a little two cents here and there or that kind of thing for sure. Even so, like it's crazy. Even dudes like Sam Moore and you know what I mean. Yeah. Like they've just because well, dude, we for me and Sam like he's a couple years older than me, but I was like. I was like 19 when I first started doing media stuff around. Harold! Tell us what you really think! Get in here, mate. Show us your prison wall at Harry. 40 minutes late. <laughs> Harry, don't you care about your fans, Harry? I was doing other things out there. couldn't find a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> he had to go buy a shirt. <laughs> uh, like, what were we talking about? I can't remember. Oh, yeah. No, actually, I do remember. Like, yeah, I was like 18. Oh, and Sam Moore. Yeah, Sam so, like, Moore. me yeah, and yeah. Sam were yeah. um, doing this since, like, literally before we were in our 20s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you sort of just, this it's like this weird lifestyle where you kind of, you don't really know your schedule. No, it's no, all these last-minute call-up to events and yeah, things like yeah. that. And there's it's funny, like, that crew of people, like, gravitate towards each other each because other. like yeah. we're the only group of people that really can kind of understand exactly what's going on for sure and he's been a massive help like towards my like my my career Dude, sam, sam, sam runs my life yeah yeah yeah. he's awesome <laughs> man like massive shout out to him he's always got my back he's just a legend we feel like we haven't we've known each other for like a little bit over a year yeah but i feel like we've known each other for like 30 years he's like that kind of we got that relationship where we're just you know just like yeah one of my best mates 30 years ago yeah and you know what like Sam's the kind of guy for me too where he'll um, I'm like oh man I, oh, like I just literally text him with a problem and then he texts me back with a solution Solved. and I'm not <laughs> and I'm not even I'm like more just like venting to him I'm yeah. not even actually 
going like, hey, can you help me with this? I'm just like, oh, he's like, how are you, man? I'm like, ah, oh, dude, this is happening. And uh, he's like, oh, it's all good. I'll text this guy and we'll just get it sorted. Is and that why JB calls him daddy? I think that's why because everyone, everyone calls, calls him, him daddy. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's just a problem solver. He is, uh, yeah, he he's just, a legend. He just makes that kind of shit yeah. happen. But, but I guess like sort of to what we we're saying is like, I mean, that's like 10 years of experience of dealing with all of the weird shit yep. that this kind of lifestyle can kind of throw up, throw at you. Sure. So it's like when you come in, it's like you've got all of these all people around you that they can just point you in that yeah. right direction. Yeah, and they have. Like Sam's pointed me in the right direction a numerous amount of times. So, yeah, the experience, it, yeah, we, like you say, like you come in, come into the, the crowd and it's just like, you know, abundance of, of experience. So it's been easy if, to say for me for sure. Yeah, it's almost like you can just sort of slot in. But at the yeah. same time, like, it's not just a given. Like you've still got to be a cool dude. You've still got to. Yeah, you can't. You know be, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't be like a bad dude because yeah, people are just going to palm me off, and they they do pretty easily these days. So, like I was saying before, if you're a good dude and you you know you, you treat everyone like they're your mates when they you probably don't even know them or met them, yeah, and you're going to go far places. I I feel. And you just don't know who people really are as well or like the influence that they have so it's like and it's a super small industry man like everyone knows everyone so it's like you really do have to and everyone's fighting their own battle so you why be why be an idiot so Mm. you just treat everyone with respect and you know get on with it and be mates or have fun yeah i couldn't agree more bro um what do you uh think about this event in particular and what it's sort of like it's place in the whole sort of like ecosystem of what you guys do because they've got like dude it's a heavy lineup of guys that's in like that freestyle jam session you're like the best whip contest so it's like there's some super legit guys and obviously this is a supercross race but it sort of feels like it's a little bit more than that right yeah for sure this is pretty much uh, like you've seen x games taka rob everyone was there and we're all here now this is definitely one of my favorite events for the year, easily. So you come in, hang out with these guys, and then you go racing doors, something, the stuff that you watch when you're a kid. Yeah. Or you go and, you know, do some whips, and you make, try and give people what they want, and you hang out with everyone here. So, yeah, I think this is, in Australia, AusX Open is, like, the biggest thing easily we have right now. And, and like, dude, we needed it so we're bad. We're so lucky to have these guys, like Bailey and Sando and that, pushing the sport, and everyone that puts money in and sponsors and all that. We're so lucky to have this, like, event. It's crazy. It's it's crazy how bad we needed this event too, man. Like, there was it, there was a real dry spell of, like, top-class events. Yep. And, and the thing, too, that I think is maybe, like, some of the most impressive thing about, like, this event in particular is it feels like the boys have, like, paced this event to where it's not, like, a flash-in-the-pan sort of deal, like... Because Super uh, Super X, yeah, when that came when in, was doing that. it was like four yeah. years of just like, ah, da, 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 but they couldn't sustain it. No, nah, and it just went away. Yeah. Exactly that. But these guys, they put their money in, like they work in, yeah. they know what they want, they, they know what they're doing, obviously. And um, yeah, they put on this event each year and it's been killing it. What's this, the third, fourth year now? Fourth, fourth year, year we found out yeah, by yeah. Harry. He <laughs> was corrected us fourth year now so and each year we keep coming back it's bigger and better it just gets that little bit better man a little bit better yeah so um, I'm looking forward to next year for sure with the driving side of things could you see yourself like have you ever fucked with trophy truck stuff much before nah but I I kind of I I put my little two cents in here and there like Boost did something because you're a driver dude (laughs) yeah yeah like driving less obviously you get that from my show background so I 
yeah, learn how to drive and do all that stuff there. But I, um, Boost sponsored Paul Morris, so I, I think yeah. Russell Lingle a few weeks ago. Yeah. So I was trying to put my two cents in, two cents in there, like you know, say I'm keen. So I'd love to do that. That's I did a TV commercial super cheap a few months ago. Oh, were had, you driving in those? Yeah, I wasn't driving the trophy trucks, but I was just driving the cop car. Ah, uh, sick. Yeah, so it was like it. Yeah, it, it was. It sucked, but it was awesome because I would. I would much rather be in a trophy truck. Do you know? Do you know Toby very well? Uh, we know each other, but not not like awesome. I need to. I need to get you to spend a bit of time with Toby. Cause yeah, he, yeah, He's got his truck. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd love to go out with Toby. Or Dude, get him to throw him in his truck. I'd love to. Dude, those. Yeah. That thing is a beast, bro. I, I actually took him for a drive in movie world. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. In, in our cars. So. What What cars are you guys using? For We're that just movie using. VEUs. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. To set up basic drift stuff. So, when, what got you into into that? Like, did you grow up on like a bit of property or something? No. Nah, so when Dave Ellis hired me to do the show, I, for that company that he worked for, we had cars in Germany. So I went from China the first show to Germany. Yeah. And we had cars in that show. So I was and bikes. So I went over to ride, and then um, yeah, they asked me to, to learn up how to drive. So I like, driving cars on two wheels and doing all that. Yeah, right. And it's all the sliding stuff. And then um, Showtime, we contract the show to Movie World. Showtime FMX emailed me and asked me to come back to Movie World here on the Goldie and work the show here. So I've been there for five years now. And did you find that a lot of what you did in the uh it, like the bike wise did it sort of translate across pretty quickly to where you you felt good in the cars straight away yeah for sure the bike background is was <laughs> wait what are you doing Bilko? Your mate, Bilko. all right come back and jump on Bilko's getting to be like the most elusive podcast guest in in <laughs> history yeah i'm, I'm seeing five yeah yeah no 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 yeah no nah. what do you mean are you coming on <laughs> yeah no 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 yeah no no so what does that mean though? Yeah. Oh, uh, dude. But um. But yeah, yeah. Like, like the driving stuff. What are we talking about? We're talking yeah, about the cars, driving eh? stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got yeah. To bike stuff helps massively towards car stuff. You know, you get your throttle control, you get all that kind of stuff. Like it just it, it turns over awesome. So we got a driver, a movie world who was an ex motocross racer. Yeah. And he's an awesome driver. So because he's got that background. That's like Toby, man. Like Toby, he's racing Baja, Mexico right yeah, now. Or yeah. like he's about Epic. to, I guess, this Pretty weekend soon. or whatever. Yeah. But like, man, that dude's a freak. Like the first time we went out to Fink with him, um, the first year. So like before he had his own truck. And uh, we went out there and, and we're, I was watching him test drive. And I was just like, holy shit, bro. Yeah. Like it's no joke <laughs> how fast they hit those bumps even on the bike stuff oh yeah that's just, just something else that's a whole other thing eh? Are you, yeah. have you got any interest in doing a race oh, like Fink I'd love to do something like that that's <sighs> right down my alley it's yeah. so scary I'd be like, keen as for that just watching it is scary <laughs> like I kind of had like I was like oh that's like on a bucket list kind of thing I'd like to do Fink and then I went there and I was like no nah. thanks. <laughs> That's kind of like when I went over to, for World Games. Yeah, yeah. So like, I'll do this nah. water pipe. Mm. Yeah, no. Nah. Anybody need that water bottle filled up? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty uh, much. It's it's gonna be really cool though to watch what happens now because, like we said, once you kind of get on that inside, you got sponsors like Boost, you got sponsors like Unit, you got Rockstar. That's just like a bunch of doors that you probably never even knew existed. And now there's going to be these opportunities that sort of pop up. Yeah, for sure. Like you'd never think, think like Rockstar, 
I uh, spoke to the, spoke to those guys at just a practice for World Games. So if I didn't go over there, it might not have happened. Or so is that how that happened? You yeah. just like literally did a practice, and then they're like, "Dude, we gotta, we gotta yeah. make it happen." Yeah, because like um, Dave Mateus, who he was running the whole event, his brother is Steve Mateus, and they um, Steve Mateus is the athlete manager for Rockstar. Mm. And I was riding pretty good. Like me and Axel were same height the whole practice, like the whole four days, I think it was. And um, Dave's like, "Steve, you gotta come see this dude." And at the time, like luckily for me, um, they were looking for a whip quarter pipe guy. Yeah, right. And Steve's like, yeah, we, we want a whip quarter pipe guy. You, you want to, yeah, you want to be on the team. So that's where the rock star came about. And so, where did you have a job before all of this? Like you were just working full time and just trying to like. Well, yeah. no, we, the movie world stuff. The movie world. So I guess that then made it a little bit easier for you to jump in the way that you did. Yeah, for sure. Like it was easy. Like the hours and stuff for movie world's not so hectic so i could go and ride in the arvos and put the time in for my riding stuff so um yeah and then it was just easy enough like they gary at showtime fmx he looks after me really well so yeah. like when i need to go away to do any um like world games or x games i just use manual leave and he's like go and do what you got to do so do you think that it's going to get to the point where you're going to have to drop that whole deal and and sort of focus on it full time yeah so we're actually talking about that right now we had a meeting the other week probably go to a casual position next year and just put more time into my riding because at the moment like i only get like one day a week if i'm lucky so and then that's of not even, riding yeah and that's not even weather permitting i was gonna so. say and then you got weather then, and it's been so windy at the moment yeah and just the rain we've had heaps of rain so then and then yeah don't get to ride and then i gotta go go back to work so there's no, some weeks there's no time into my riding at all so, so yeah it's a bit of a bummer that's what's crazy like even I love surfing and then I haven't surfed in months and then it's like it's not because the waves haven't been there but it's like if you're not there ready to jump on it yeah when it's good yeah then, then it, you just miss it yeah and the it's boat's e- gone it's like, even worse for it's even worse for the, your shit because like yeah. you know you can surf yeah the waves aren't going to be as good when it's windy but yeah, you yeah. could technically still do it but for you to like you're literally risking your life on wind yeah for sure like if it's windy out especially where we are it's pretty it's quite open so like the wind you feel pretty pretty gnarly and um yeah if you have an off day you, you you either go to hospital or you go back home and you go back to work yeah so there, there's definitely that's the factor yeah and it's yeah, it's a different ball game you guys are playing in man yeah like the and it's it's crazy because it's so new still the whole quarter pipe quarter thing. thing yeah but that's what keeps you coming back that's it yeah, the the progression through quarter pipe is what excites me the most so i was gonna say like it's it's a pretty cool position that you're in because it is so new and you guys all get a chance to like pioneer this thing together and i was never a fan of step up like to me it looked lame yeah from the outside in but what I liked about it was that it's like a real plug and play for people that don't know about freestyle motocross. Like yeah. that's their first thing. It's so easy. It's like this guy has got to try and jump over that. And if he misses, then he's out. The guy that jumps the highest wins. And it's the same with quarter pipe. But quarter pipe looks crazy compared to step up. For, for, for the viewers, for, for sure, quarter pipe is, like, obviously, yeah, you put your two and two together for step up, oh, yeah, they're going to get over there. Yeah, that but it height. looks kooky. Like, yeah. the guy's, like, kooking out, trying to, like, get sideways. Yeah, and it's, it's not really that spectacular. Nah. You go up and you come down, but quarter pipe, you know, you carve the ramp and you go a hell of a lot higher, for yeah. sure. And it's just, yeah, for quarter pipe is massive, like, uh, way better for viewers, for sure. Is there, do you think that you're going to do, um, like, foam pit stuff? With, for quarter? 
Possibly. I can see like some trick stuff happening for quarter pipe. Yeah. Maybe. Hopefully not, because I don't know. I think like there's only so many tricks you could probably do yeah. before they are like not really that spectacular kind yeah. of thing. I'd like to just see it as just a height thing and just see how high we can keep going. So. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, I I think I'd like to see it just stay as like a height thing. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, like I feel like it's inevitable that people are gonna start doing flares. Yeah, yeah. And, like, dude, can you imagine doing a flare on that shit? I can't. I can't. Can't you gonna do think it? about that. Will you do it? Yeah, I'll, you'll I'll, have to do it. Oh, if you, they're doing it, you're gonna have to do it. So, yeah, but yeah, but I mean, just even like a height thing, like you could set up a ramp next to a foam pit and really see what third gear is gonna do. Yeah, yeah. Because right now, like, you're not gonna click third on that thing and just send it and go. Well, I hope it's gonna work. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing with quarter pipe. You click third, the bike's like kind of got no engine like braking or it's the engine just works different, as you know. And you just push through the ramp too much, feel like you're going to jump forward. But mm. if you go your lower gear and you roll it on from the bottom, you kind of get that pop out, which gets you to the landing. But, but then, how do you guys go high? Because like, if if there's second gear is like the only gear that you guys stay in, yeah, then it's going to limit the height, right? Yeah. If we, if we could have a ramp that like matches third gear better, and you so could, that's what you think has to I, th- I think so. Like the one at World Games, 32 feet is good for set, perfect for second. But if you want to see like. I like what Colby was 45 feet was his high so I think if you're like 60 65 foot it needs to be a third gear ramp so like third gear on that ramp over there it's just it's too small and then do you think though that when you get when you start getting into that level and you're playing in that that stratosphere of like 60 feet is it just like alright where are we going to stop like oh, we can't be hitting this thing in fourth gear like 38 foot was was high enough well it wasn't high enough but it was high and like you got time for days you're up there for like feels like you're up there for like five seconds you're looking around you're like you're spotting people you like at one point I think I was spotting like the rally track just like seeing the guys race around on the rally track really? yeah like you, you, you spot your landing you're like yeah sweet and then you kind of you got time you're free falling so you're just like looking around you catch stuff out the corner of your eye so that's that was the best thing about it you're just up and you feel like you just you see the world yeah I feel like that's something too that makes the whole quarter pipe thing super relatable is like I feel like we can all appreciate the feeling of what's going on yeah. without really knowing the feeling well I was, I was speaking to Harry he's like you won't ever catch me jumping that ever and Harry's like to me he's one of the most talented guys on a dirt bike Dude, he's a fucking freak he's a freak <laughs> but um yeah he's like oh, well, you won't even see me riding at that thing so he will at some point <laughs> one day he it's a whole a, different um yeah skill take he needs to fix his shoulders that's what he needs to do yeah yeah Tell him as a friend. <laughs> Tell him as a friend. I've been telling him for months. Uh, dude, I uh, want to give a little shout-out to old uh, Adelberg. How rad was it seeing him win that gold medal? Dude. That's been a long time coming, man. Well, the best thing about Adelberg is he's just been, you know, grinding, putting in the work, and it's just good to see someone be rewarded for their efforts. Yeah. Like, so he, obviously he didn't get it at, at Minneapolis, but I was obviously just fueling the fire, and he went home, and he, he worked his ass off, and then he came out, and he won it. So, what do you think that Australians do so well in freestyle? We got that never quit attitude. Yeah. Like you know, you never give up kind of thing. Like I, I'm the same. I'm not going to let anything stop me from you know. If you get hurt, you break a couple of bones or whatever. You're going to come back and you're going to just you know continue from where you left off. I feel like us Aussies have that more than anything, really. It's it's always like it's interesting to me to like watch it go down and like when. Harry come on the podcast 
the way that he was talking about like this is what I want my life to be yeah and it's is it because we're not exposed to the amount of opportunity that people in the US are to where it like really makes Australians hungry for to like to improve their life yeah and like and you always see the US and you see that it it's like this big picture thing like even for me I lived there for like what eight years yeah and right. it's like you wait jump on bro come on Get down. <laughs> Come on, mate. Yeah, talk about whatever you want. Oh, I'm just going to get this sorted for you. The real Cam Sinclair. The only. <laughs> the only. <laughs> Take a seat, bro. Yes. You want some headphones as well so you can hear it? Yeah. All right, there. That's down there, bro. Cam Sinclair. What's up? One of the OGs of the game right now. I've been waiting for this moment for so long to be on the show. <laughs> I've been wanting you to come. Wait, we're still, this isn't going to be your only appearance because I really want you and your brother, Michael. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, want stories. I want you both to come on because yeah. that would be pretty cool. Maybe we should do it. You guys have a crazy, uh, you guys have a pretty crazy, like, I don't know if story would be the word, but the life that you guys have lived and like carved for yourself in this industry is pretty insane. Yeah, we've been doing it for a long time. You know, me and Mick started riding bikes when we were like four. Like I was, I was four, he was six, and we've just been riding bikes. So I've been riding bikes pretty much every day since I was four, basically. Apart from the times I was injured, which has been a fair bit. But now we've been, uh, we've been around the the country, and my dad was a huge part of it, and was lucky the way we got brought up. And now here we are today to still killing it in the industry it's good still shredding we were, we were do you come in at a good time because we were just talking about how Aussies seem like why are Aussies so good in the whole world of freestyle motocross and and Creed was saying that it's uh, the fact that it's like that Aussie battle and never, never give, give up, up kind of attitude yeah. but is it is it also that we just don't have like the opportunities that people in America have and it's like if you want it like you've really got to make it for yourself I think so that's the case I think they especially the guys in the US they get a lot easier now it's all there you know, it's where right there right? it's exactly. the hub pretty much right? yeah. we've got some we look up to those guys so we yeah. just want to be the, we want to be better than them so we work harder and, and it's been it's been good man it's been a good ride the whole industry in Australia has been so good for my whole um, career and um, yeah, it's just getting better and better thanks to you know Adam Bailey and the guys from OzX has helped this has helped the sport and I think it's just um, going to get better now yeah. I think we needed this event man like I, I mean definitely I like Supercross needed it in like a huge way and yeah. we were just talking about that the way that they've done it is like they've it's so sustainable the, yeah, you know they didn't go they didn't go full uh, Super X and just ball out of control for four years and like hope that it come back yeah but this they've like it's been consistent it's like a mainstay on the calendar and like dude look at what it did for him like it changed his literally changed his life yeah, definitely man. Life, for sure yeah for sure and 100% also, they're, they're smart guys, him and uh, Bailey and Sando. They've done a lot of work, preparation, you know, they went to a lot of events all over Europe and all over the US and they just, you know, jotted down what was good and what was bad and now they've created this and I think there's a lot more to come, you know, the New Zealand thing coming up and I heard some stories about, you know, a few other places they got, they're planning on making it, so it's, um, yeah, it's been a great thing for the sport. And you know what too, man, like, Bailey has been on the ground floor of the industry forever yeah, like I was just right. saying like it's been pretty much 10 years since I started I think I started doing uh, media sort of stuff in the industry in 08 
and yeah. so that's 10 years and yeah. Bailey was there way before me and you and Mick and those well, guys the story like, between me and Bailey me and Bailey we like grew up riding bikes together and that's the crew man I started like my career sort of started kicking off with freestyle I needed a manager Bailey done his management degree or something in, in school and Bailey just said we, said we started working together and we picked up Rockstar and then all of a sudden a few other sponsors here and there and then my career started boosting and he made a lot of connections and then it's all that little decision we made, I don't know, 14 years ago that I needed a bit of help with the manager and we both created a lot of friendships and connections and now here we both are. Well, it's crazy, man. Like, it, it's cool and that's why I wanted to get you and Mick on together because, like, if you're in the industry, like, that, that whole crew that you guys have is crazy. Like, Matt Mosig, Keisha... Um, Bronte Holland yeah. then you uh, you got yourself Mick was like a, a dude that was so behind the scenes and yeah. had so much to do with everyone like yeah. you got Boydy Boy, Bocca Lance, Bocca um, Bilko he's Bilko like, dude seriously all, like, in, in, in the 5 kilometer radius there's all those people you just mentioned and we all live so close together and then there's like Bailey, who's now he's moved into the city now, but there's Bailey and the yeah, I mean, he's got the penthouse in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah, Adam Robinson, there's like yeah, there's a big, big crew down there, and we always have a good time. What was it that got you guys together? Was it just the fact that you lived so close? I think so. I think you know, there's a few little things that got us close together. You know, with the whole Brody's Holland situation and the whole John O'Porter situation, it just it just brought us all close together, and we always are there for each other. You know, and then the Mitch Hoad thing happened. It's just like. That's probably bad to say that keeps us together, but you know, we've always but it's been such a tight team, yeah. you know, and it's Brought always you guys closer together. But sure. we've been through so much stuff together as a group yeah. and we're always there for each other. So no, it's a tight little crew and um yeah, stoked stoked for those guys. And what do you think about guys like this lunatic that are sort of like this next chapter or this next wave of like young Aussie guys that oh, are coming sick. up? Like I said, Bailey did so well last year for you know, for you, your career and then with X Games and no, it's going well, and like I think you're almost going to be unstoppable soon. Because the whips you did yesterday in practice were huge. That's crazy, X games, man. X Games were huge too. Like I think I was one of the judges at X Games, and you were pretty much on top. You pretty much almost got the gold, you know. Then, um, then yeah, no, I was little, sick. The little fella got me. Yeah, the little fella just got something Dude, going on. He's <laughs> shout out to McNeil, man. Yeah. Like he, I'm, uh, I'm glad he got that gold medal. I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. Well, he like, deserved it. I understand 100%. how a kid who weighs 50 kilos can. Turn a bike like that. that. Yeah. Just nah. full commitment, eh? Yeah, yeah, loves it. Loves it. That's why me and McNeil grew up together, racing, riding bikes and stuff. And he's always had some talent there, you know, behind the, behind the whole racing scene and stuff. But I remember uh, watching him crazy. race, man. He Were was, you there when him and Simmons? Yes, I was. Were you at I was there. I always bring it up to him too. I was, I'm like, I was dude, I was on the line. Yeah. I was on the finish line. Yeah, I was. And he right got him like there, that. Hey. Oh man! And Simmons yeah. thought he had it, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was one of the craziest races of all time. I'll never forget it. That's cool. sick that you were there. Yeah, I was there. You remember you, you remember old McNugget racing back in the day? Oh yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. <laughs> we used to go hang out at his house and ride with him. Did he have like good tracks and stuff on Yeah, he kid? lived out in um, out in the bush in, in Daniliquin. Yeah, right. There he had like a sick few tracks, like supercross track and some ramps and stuff and it's track for all the bush, but yeah. He's been around for a while. Dude, you know what event I um I saw Cody Mackey posted a picture of uh, X ray, like as a throwback oh, yeah. Thursday. Yeah. We need to bring that back. Can you imagine this dude at, at, at X-Ray? That'd be sick. X-Ray, I think, was before my time. Way before your time. I think um, that Kobe Raha and McNeil and that went there after X. Really? Yeah, like Is it last, still all there? Week. Yeah, it's there. It's been like, apparently, it's just been prepped and I'm 
Then McNeil did a session there like last week. Oh, is that where they were putting videos up of them yeah. riding? Yeah, that was, oh, that right. was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah Bado's X-ray course. Yeah, that yeah. was pretty cool. I love that place. That was sick. Did you ride in that event? I rode the second year. The first year I was just coming. I just came back from Madrid after that big crash uh, yeah, in 2009. Then the year after that I rode. Yeah. How That's did it. that? Did that? Did that crash change your life? Oh, man, or was I don't it know. just? Or was it just obviously, the thing that you got obviously it did. It obviously did change my life a lot, but I'm just used to it now. And um, do yeah. you still have like effects of that crash? Or? I think so. Yeah, this remote control squashing me. Oh yeah, just anyway, it's all good. Yeah, it was doing that to Ando as well. Just <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's better. Yeah, no, I'm used to it now. I guess yeah, like my speech, I feel as if my memory obviously is not the greatest, but that just comes with old age as well. <laughs> <laughs> but man, that was one of the. Um, I mean, fuck, that was one of the scarier things that I, like, ever mm. saw. And obviously, like, knowing you guys so well, knowing Mick so well, and then sort of having to see, like, you know, your recovery and what, what yeah. you had to come back from. Like, yeah. did you, did it run through your head to, like, just not do this anymore after that? No, not at all. Like I said, I've been riding bikes for so long. It was such a big part of my life. My family loved it. Not the fact that I wanted to come back. They weren't a fan of that, but... There was not one time where I was going to give up, you know. All I wanted to do was get back and ride. Because I think that that time in my career when it happened, I was at sort of my peak. So I sort of, um, and I wanted just to win X Games gold. And you did, eh? So, you came back. Yeah. Didn't you come back X Games yeah, and then won gold? Yeah, the I remember, after. man. I remember yeah. watching it. So this, um, yeah. I didn't even know you then. I was like <laughs> up in, out of my seat in my lounge room, like full body shivers, you know, when you get that <laughs> feeling. It was nuts. That was yeah, no, there was nothing stopping, I guess. I just wanted to get back and I was... You know, it was just it wasn't long after. Like that, that stage, at that point, it was like Bronte just went, I think, and um, obviously Jono. And I, I was, was, I was never scared. You know, I was at that point where I was willing to do give it all, give it all. It, you know, yeah. if, I, if I died doing what I did, I would just yeah, you know, died happy. Exactly, I would have. I had that. <laughs> yeah. I had no fear then, but a lot's changed now. You know, does that a change lot, with sure. like kids and stuff? Oh, definitely, a lot has changed. Like even this weekend, you know, my wife's just like. Just take it easy, you know. You got to come. You got the kids at home, and you got a lot of stuff to do. I'm just like, it's all, it's all good. You got the garden. Yeah. The garden needs weeding. Yeah, exactly. Little lawns to meet the made. Yeah. Hey, you, no, got, you got a delivery the other day. You got to pick that up Monday. You weren't here Friday. It has changed a lot, definitely, with the kids. But no, I'm still, I still enjoy it. Like now, especially with the the new bike situation, the Honda. I'm actually loving riding bikes again. Like I cannot wait. I went for a stage. You know, coming into winter, it's always sucks in Melbourne. You can't really ride much. But now having a four-month break and got this new bike it's like a, i'm just ready to go again yeah yeah, yeah. that's sick yeah Can't i mean wait. it's it's rad to see you uh still out and like still sending it too <laughs> dude by the way like i said yeah like two weeks ago when i got this bike i just started riding again and like i, said, I wasn't that keen but now i'm just falling in love with it again and i just want to work on new tricks and do some cool stuff again yeah you look good on that honda too hey? yeah, it look sick. right at home still, i love my hondas i still can't whip but <laughs> <laughs> dude it's, i see them mate they're right they're good <laughs> it's crazy you get guys like and i mean i imagine you would have been the the kid that like even if you got 10th at an aussie national you were the guy that was throwing the sickest whips off everything <laughs> but there is those guys oh, right? definitely it's how it's crazy that like you know who's one do you know wade hunter yeah yeah wade hunter's that guy yep like if if Wade Hunter decided like oh, I'm just gonna do best whip now and like that's all he did He'd like he probably would Dylan Long Dylan yeah. Long Longer, did, exactly yeah. like yeah. there's uh, there's something about whips that's, that's like McNeil was when he raced he just whipped you know yeah there's like Longy like then Longy could make a great career out of whips yeah for Dude. sure and the, like he's a cool guy that like puts out content too mm. yeah definitely yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. one of the knobby athletes like I, I think we'll probably get him on here at some point but yeah it's uh it's it's just weird you get those whip kids and then you get guys like yourself that's like 
the technically some of the like one of the best freestyle riders ever in terms of the technique and the the skill and the way you'd put runs together. Yeah. But it's like, but you can't do it with shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I'll tell you the story behind my whole whip whip situation. I used to be able to whip sweet like back in the crusty days and stuff. And then me and Bilko went to Indonesia. This dodgy ass setup, and I pretty much did what um, Jo Archer did yesterday in practice. I just got way too excited. Massive turn down, second or third jump, and just knuckled it and just ate shit. Pretty much rode this bike off. I hurt myself, I might have broke my wrist or something. And ever since then, today, I can't whip. And that was like 15 years ago. Have you tried him in the foam pit? No, don't be silly. <laughs> <laughs> Not a chance. We'll try three sixties into the foam pit. I no, reckon no. one day we have to do those. I can, I can duck and whip, but just not big. Yeah. Sometimes I just feel what's the point of even doing it when there's. But you, you guys, this guy. you go, go through phase by a turn down crash like a couple of months ago, and yeah. like my first three rides back, I was like, I can't do it. Mm, exactly, you just have to that's, nut a, up. that's what happened to me that time yeah. 15 years ago. Yeah, but now just leave it up to you guys. Like <laughs> doing half harder stuff, I might as well just do the three good things I can do. Dude, old, <laughs> bo- old Boydie's whips were still pretty solid, eh? He's got a style. He yeah. was getting into it, Always eh? Just him, had style, him and Louis eh, Woods have got style. Dude, yeah. I'm a massive fan of Louis Woods' whips. Style, yeah. Like, yeah. they might not be the biggest, but in terms of style, like, from the, from yeah. the moment, like, from the moment his front tyre hits the up ramp yeah. until the moment he lands, yeah. all style. So, yeah. I mean, him and, yeah, yeah. Him and Boyd, style, like... McNeil's whips are massive, but they're not stylish. stylish. Not much no, stylish, but no. those boys have got the style. Like, it's sick. Yeah. That's like that's like a, a weird thing with the whole way that best whips judge because it's like, are we going to judge this off like a still frame of like what's technically mm. the biggest whip, or are we going to judge it off like what looks the best? Because it's I I love Jared, but I don't like watching. Well, no, you know what? At X Games though, like he's kind of got rid of the the whole like head snap. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's more lower body snaps still. Mm, but yeah. the head snap's gone. It's the head, better to watch. The head snap's gone. It's better to watch, but it's still not like like Axel's whips. Again, yeah, it's like oh. from the start of the ramp yeah. to the end of the ramp. It's this a completely stylish process. You're the same. Louis Woods is how, the same. How do you go with whips? I haven't seen you do a whip. I can say I've always just seen you do turn downs. Oh, I'm, yeah, no, I'm not that great. <laughs> I can, like, do a li- I can do my seated wheels, but, like, yeah. I don't put any effort into something that I know that's not going to benefit myself. Yeah, yeah. Unless, uh, like, my motor whips are bigger than McNeil's, then I might start doing them, mm. but they're never going to be, so I'm just happy with doing decent-sized turndowns yeah, and just concentrating it. on those. That's sick. Berriman was saying that he thinks that those turndowns are just going to be able to go all the way around yeah. yeah really as I was saying before maybe we just need a foam pit and just start doing McNeil tried that he, he tried that in my foam pit once just to just keep to going whip, yeah but did it work nah, nah. <laughs> I don't know how upside down I backwards. don't think yeah Berriman reckons it's like he's gonna do it he said he'll, he'll be able to do it like but because of the way that the only thing is like the landing's probably gonna be kinda weird right yeah but then, like, do you, do you put it into a best whip? Yeah, is, is that it a, a best whip, whip then, yeah. or then do you put? Is it just the best trick? You can probably or? design it something cool, you know, like off a hip, you know. So you get, so you don't have to go all the way around. You can just like go all the way around to kind yeah, of like, like yeah, yeah. Colton Hacker and Hacker and that dude, yeah, you know, real moto yeah. thing, like little step up thing and like mm. three sixty. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's definitely gone to like a whole new level to the whole whip thing now. Like in the last couple of years, yeah. and it's cool that the whip's always been like the thing you want to do as a motocross dude right like that's kind of the, or racing and stuff yeah, yeah. like yeah. that's like the coolest shit everywhere. Like, yeah, it's yeah. cool now that guys can actually make a living off it because it's, it's like sick. there's not that many dudes that can do it to like the level that it can be done like the level that you guys are doing it it's like 
the the option is you just keep spinning because you're all, you're backwards like completely backwards and then you got to bring it around like there's a bit of commitment in it these days that's for oh. sure just, like, just landing straights is the yeah. biggest shit. If I don't start from like the bottom of the ramp, it's not going to be a big one. Yeah. You just got to be committed. Same with quarter pipe. You got to be going straight. And like you start carving, that's when you don't get your height. But yeah, you start going straight, that's like a lot more um, dangerous. But that's how you get your height. Well, that's what Tyler was saying is like when he first started doing it, it was like this angled kind of deal. Yeah. And you were like going warp off the side and he's like, you can't do that now. Like you have to literally go straight up. Yeah. That gives you the height and then it also stops you from going forwards, going right? Going forwards, yeah. But then again, like you got rotation, the more you go straight, you got to try and get the bike turned 180 degrees to come back down the other way. Whereas when you're carving, you kind of got half of that done already. Yeah. You, carved, you got 90, you just got to tip it in a little bit. Yeah, when you're coming straight, you, yeah, you got to have it you, basically if you're looking from exactly from where you come from your body's going to follow your head so yeah. that's a trick you just got to like look backwards as soon as you've left the ramp and you <laughs> should get your rotation Dude, should it, it's <laughs> e- it's so eerie with the quarter pipe because it's like yeah yeah <laughs> and it's just like what yeah. and you don't know like no that's, yeah that's <laughs> yeah. the thing with like when you see uh like the, you just do like your standard whips you're just like oh, da, 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 da. you're holding it on you're like alright that's how it's supposed to be but you're like wait what is he what's going on here like he's just stopped <laughs> riding right now well, yeah. I got videos on my phone from quarter pipe and you just like bikes like you get your room and then it's just nothing, nothing. and then all you hear is like, like feels breaking. like you can hear like the wings of a plane mm. like, and then it just <laughs> like, lands it's pretty cool sick what, um, what, what do you think is uh, now that you're one of these you're the OG, you're an OG, I think you could Veteran. say these days. Yeah, no, like let's use OG. Let's let's keep it let's keep it going, stuff. Yeah, sweet. What um, <laughs> are you seeing yourself as like a bit of a mentor these days for like like you know it's been a year since he's been doing this professionally. Like, are you able to? I guess are you like seeing yourself as like a mentor these days to people? Um, I see Cam as a mentor for myself. I'm not sure now. It's like I, I don't know. Because you're still in that zone of trying to be like a... a, a, Yeah. You are still a top-class athlete. Yeah, I think like when Harry was... I I helped Harry out, I think, with a lot... With his double flips and stuff, and same for J.O. and stuff like that. But now I'm like... I think I'm past that... That, um... That scene. I think I'm just one of the guys that's just... Just hanging around now and riding just for fun. But that's for a mentor. I don't know. But like you said, like, you look up to him, you know? all those boys. But now I can't... I'm not really doing any gnarly tricks, you know, anymore. I'm just sort of... Just level where I'm enjoying myself. Just cruising. Your um your track record is probably yeah, I think what I look up to yeah. the most for sure. Thanks, man. Still now, still still for sure. It's and crazy. like any any like Aussie that can pull an X Games gold medal in freestyle, or sorry, best best trick or freestyle, yeah, is like a, a huge deal. Mm-hmm. And like we just saw it with Rob, man. Like I was so pumped to see so him sick. win. Yeah, I was so sick. I feel like, I, I mean, I I was down there and like I just. You had a feeling that it was his, eh? Yeah, he, you can see the preparation yeah. as well. Like he he really hard. was putting it in, he man. He put like, the work in. He deserved it. And it, it was, uh, but, you know, like, when I was sitting there, I was, like, almost, not, like, worried for him, but I was like, fuck, like, this is your time. If you yeah. don't win this one now, like, this will be crushing because it, yeah. it felt like everything was about as good as it could yeah. get, you know? Exactly. And they did well. Stoked. So stoked. So what can we expect tonight, boys? Tonight, for me, I'm, like I said, the setup's pretty good I'll, I'll, I'll enjoy the setup it's pretty cool but it's got a little trick it's just a little combo backflip I want to do something safe 
for the yeah. be, for the best trick. Yeah. What yeah. are we seeing go down in super in the actual racing? Racing that's gonna be sick. It always is entertaining. This track, I think. Um, the track seems to be a little bit tighter than normal. Obviously, the star trade's wider, but the rest of the tracks is tighter. And yeah. I think um, that's gonna be good for for good racing. But I think Braden is um he's looking. Brayden for sure. Brayden is if he gets to start, no one will be out of beating. No, he looked good last night. He's, he's on. He's, man. he's, he's fit, and he had such a good year last year yeah. in the US, and he's, this year he's been unstoppable. But um, I think yeah, it's all obviously all about the start. I'm hoping that um that Chad gets a whole shot, and I'm hoping that Wilson's like second, and I'm hoping like you know sort of it'll build up. You know, yeah, it'll all pan out that way. If Brayden, That's if Brayden whole shots, I think he will just check out. Check out. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It's uh he. There's something to be said. Like, obviously, Ando is the Supercross champ. Dean's one of the most talented dudes to ever ride a bike. Yeah. So it's like, there's mm. they're gnarly dudes, but there's definitely something to be said for the guy that's like in it every week. And like, they've been grinding. He's been here. There's no jet lag. Yeah. Like, that's there's right. so the many. Up. Plus, he's an old arena cross champ. Yeah. It's like, can't cross out Ridden too. He was exactly. second fastest mm. last night. So um, could be anyone's game. Like, yeah. like I said, ask me this question in about. Six hours or so. Yeah, <laughs> we'll know. yeah we'll where's know. the fun in that, bro? <laughs> where's the party tonight? Yeah. Is there a party? There's a party. It's at the brewery across underneath the uh, Novotel. Okay, well, that's the after first party. I'm hearing of this, but that's yeah, fine. No, it's the after party. I was seen on our little um, schedule. It says like um, 9:16 is FMX best trick. 10.30 party time so, <laughs> so so that's, like, that. that's like your two I cool was wondering times that that's my two cool times I practice as well dude I'm practice still 3.55 I'm yeah. still hurt from X Games really yeah I, that was took me a week to get yeah, over that one mate, a week too I did uh, two I, weeks. I did the pan packs for Jiu Jitsu so it's like an international Jiu Jitsu tournament and I was like yeah cool might as well just send it the, the week before and Wednesday mm. I was like dude you fucked up <laughs> like, I was still you like going and did it oh man I was like a train every day and I was like I don't feel right yeah. I don't feel right I was saying that and I told myself it was worth it yeah yeah it always is it always is yeah. oh. after the first couple of days it's yeah, I was looking back and I think it was definitely worth this pain <laughs> like a mad time yeah, oh yeah, honestly it was one of the best after parties I've been to in a really really long time yeah, I don't know sick. whether it was because like I just haven't been to many parties in Australia like I haven't been mm. here the last like eight years and I feel like I don't know the US is always it's always like a, maybe a bit more sceny. Like people don't want to like have as they don't want to like seem like they're having fun. Mm. I feel like there's a lot more like fronting that goes on yeah. at, at, at cool those guys. parties. Yeah. But then like at X Games on Saturday, I was just like, everyone is sending it to the moon, That's it. and like Sick. no one's trying to be cool here. Nah, <laughs> and it time. made for an e- extremely fun night. Let's do it again tonight. Yeah, I mean, right. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm always in practice. Yeah, yeah. What, yeah, yeah. what time you guys got to get out of here? I got a unit party to be at at the moment. I think so. I'm gonna go work. To check my spokes on this brand new bike of mine. They're getting loose. <laughs> Boys, thanks yeah. for coming on. It was thanks awesome. Thanks for having, having me. Let's organize another time for me and my bro. And yeah, yeah. I really we're um, we're trying to get a studio, like a new studio built on the Goldie. So yeah, I'll, I'll fly you guys up for the day. Come in in the morning, and then we'll. We'll do like a little burly coffee tour. Yeah, sick. And then uh, and then get on the podcast. Yeah, man, that'd be sweet. Go deep. Need to get one with like me, Bilko, Top Dog, and Steve Mini. Yeah, done. I guess we got some cool stories. That's a crew. <laughs> it, it'd be, it's, Willie Johnston, <laughs> eh? Yeah, <bloody laughs> it'll be cool too because I think um, 
Yeah, like that whole set. It's just the whole setup. We'll, we'll be able to have four dudes in there super comfortably. Yeah. So sick, it's gonna be, be sick, it's gonna be pretty lit. Yeah, thanks for having me. Eh? No, I really, I've, I'm yeah. stoked, man. I've, like I said, I feel like we've been dodging each yeah, other, dodging around, doing you know, running around each other. Yeah, yeah no. So, so it was good. Good for sure. Appreciate Sweet. it, boys. Cheers, Sweet, thanks, mate. Cheers, Cheers mate. Have cool. fun out there. Yeah, I'll see you at ten thirty. Party time. Legends. I do dig the podcast. Whoa. Joe Rogan. What's up? I do watch a fair bit of Joe Rogan. Yeah. Yeah, old Joey goes hard. Are we good, Nick? Good to go. Lawso. Yo. The mad dog himself. You found yourself with the CDR jumper on again. I know. You, how many lives you got here? Crazy, huh? I know. I didn't expect it, to be honest. I, um, I love it. I'm a huge fan. Craig, good on you, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. That's CDR Yamaha. Monster Energy, they've been great. So, um, yeah, you know, I did those three races as a privateer on the Kawasaki. You know, it didn't do anything real crazy, but got through them, stayed on the bike, and um, yeah, got the CDR gig for, uh, yeah, tonight, AusX Open and the New Zealand gig. So, um, pumped, excited for it. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm stoked to have you back. You're always a dude that, um, you've, well, I mean, you've always had a lot of time for me when I've asked you to do stuff, and, uh, Always been a super cool guy that everyone, I don't, I just, yeah, I don't think anyone's ever had a bad word to say about you, so I think that's kind of rare in the, in this, in this sport, uh, with everything that goes on, but, man, you've had, I've only ever heard, like, I guess, like, second-hand information on, like, what happened with you being sick, and then you, you were, like, one of the best dudes, like, most talented dudes in Australia, like, in the under-19s, and then when you're in the lights class, you know, Factory Suzuki, you were killing it, and then you got sick, and it's sort of, it's been, seems like, years of this struggle that, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't even know how much you've even talked about it. Yeah, well, but what exactly went on? To, well, I'll tell my whole a story, lot. I guess. <laughs> yeah, a lot went on. Um, like I was saying, I was just, uh... I did that stint in America. Did those uh, six that's right six yeah. Supercross races over there, and I was feeling great, getting through all the races and whatnot. And then I was I was contracted to DPH um, that year, 2016. So I come back and I started racing the outdoors, and then uh, did the first three rounds, and then I was just struggling really bad. Like I couldn't even get through the motos. I'm going, what the hell is going on? Like I've trained this whole time all the way up to it, and it's hard to explain, but I was. I'd feel okay at home, like I could get the laps out and I'll be alright, but on race day when I had adrenaline and everything, as soon as my heart rate went up, I'd just get to like a certain heart rate and I'd just nip up and just be just completely wrecked. And what was what was it? Was it like uh, uh, you got tired, you got arm pump, you, you had no energy, like focus, like what were the symptoms of The symptoms that? I was getting, I was like, it's almost like if you run up a hill, like a really steep hill and you get that acidy taste in your mouth and you feel like you're going to vomit that's yep. the kind of feeling I would get after like four laps on a motocross track which, I'll be just like, which is not right because of how much training you put in right yeah correct like you knew that you were fitter than that yeah like it's mental so um, well for instance I did the beep test at home before I went to the states I got 14 and then I didn't do it until I got home at uh after those national races and I got 7.8 really yeah so my fitness basically hard like hard yeah hard I'm like what the hell is going on so uh, after that I saw a bunch of doctors naturopaths um, 
all sorts of people. So, but no one could really. I had so many blood tests, and everyone's like, "No, you're you're healthy. Everything's pretty, pretty good. You're pretty clear." And I'm like, "No, I'm not, because I can only do four laps. Like, what the hell's going on?" And then, eventually, I got on this other doctor, and he's testing me for a heap of stuff, and he's like, "Oh, this bacteria in your blood," and I'm like, "Okay." We're like, oh, we don't really know what this is, but we'll put you on a long course of antibiotics and... Um, Hope it works. Yeah, it's called a die-off, where it just sort of what kills everything, and then you sort of finish the course, and then you build back up. So I did that for eight months. So almost like chemo of antibiotics. <laughs> yeah, almost, but like a mellower version, I guess. Yeah. Um, did that for eight months this year. Uh, Was that this year? This year. Dude, so you're still dealing with all this stuff. Yeah, dude, like I'm not... Right when now. did it start? Well, from the beginning, I got glandular fever in 2013. That rocked me for like 18 months, and then I got over that. It was healthy for you know quite a while, and then it felt like it come back. And I was like, oh okay, I'll just rest and I'll see if it gets over. But then I'm like, I can't just keep resting. Like I'm just, you know, it's like ruining my career. I can't even ride. So I um anyway got on these antibiotics did it but I don't know why they didn't give me antibiotics from the beginning like so did ago. that help I think so yeah I don't have I can't say I'm I feel as if I'm healthy right now I'm just not fit yet I'm not again. fit yeah. I'm just unhealthy in general because I haven't done anything for two years yeah so yeah. but I'm feeling a lot better just my mood's a lot better I'm sleeping better um which was crazy like I didn't sleep very well for like year and a half like I just I'd be alright like if I had a normal job like a desk job or something yeah it'd be I probably wouldn't notice it so because you're so used to being on like the high end yeah of it's just when my heart rate gets right up there or if I'm um, whenever I exert myself I would um, yeah just nip up and I'd be like useless like, I couldn't even hang with my buds like mountain biking or whatever like at home like I couldn't I was just super unfit so that was pretty shitty and um, done my head in but got a positive now feeling a bit better yeah got that I got a cowie in um, I want to say August or August I don't know when but um, just started easing back into riding I just wanted to ride just for fun just for fun yeah and um, my buddies were at my house riding supercross and stuff and I started riding supercross just with stock suspension and uh, like oh yeah I could get a couple laps out then next day I get a little bit more out and I'm like yeah, maybe I'm coming around and um I finally got out 20 laps like with stock suspension like not clean but I got through it I'm like yeah screw it I'm gonna line up and uh, I missed round one of the supercross and I rocked up at Coolum got supercross suspension like the week before and that was a pretty gnarly track yeah dude like <laughs> that was no joke like that was a legit supercross yeah, track yeah it man. was like the sections and it was ruddied like in between the sections and I rolled up and I just wanted to get through it I didn't want to you know do anything too crazy not crash so got through it it was good um did one day <laughs> with supercross suspension then the next week i had to test again because my suspension was way too soft yeah your did, bike looked really soft it cool was like right down yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway got through it did one more day the next week raced uh geelong went way better got um six i think got landed on that last moto though my hand got pretty hacked up uh didn't actually crash but um so that screwed me up for the week after. So I didn't ride and then raced Adelaide. Got a seventh overall. And that was okay. And then 
yeah, so I haven't really actually practiced Supercross properly since, well, through those races until after after Adelaide, then Dakar gave me the call. Yeah. And we're like, yeah, let's make it happen. And um, they brought a bike up like a week after, the Friday after Adelaide. And I've done, yeah, a handful of rides on it and it was good straight up. So, um, yeah, I've actually, this is like the prop, the first race I've actually sort of had decent practice coming into. So, yeah, yeah. stoked with that. So, um, yeah, we'll see how we go tonight. Dude, it's a crazy ride that you've been on the last couple of years. Like, it uh, must be so frustrating to know what you can give and what you want to give and the training that you want to do and the way that you know you can ride and then you can't you physically can't do that so frustrating man like bad and even now I don't feel like I'm at my limit like I'm still just, yeah there's a lot more to go yeah which is great it's a good feeling but it's uh oh that's well, a dark days for sure like I was yeah, I was not good and for did, quite did, a while. Did you have to go back and get a job and, and all that sort of stuff? Or like, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't have made enough from racing to just like take a few years off. No, nah, well, I got a ride park down near my house. So me and my dad, we opened up that. So, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. How's that going? Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's, um, it's called Larbert MX. Yeah. So, um, you know, we need more places to ride in general. So it's, uh, yeah, I think it's a good thing. So I do that on the weekends. Keeps me into sport gives me busy a little bit and I didn't I never really quit riding completely like I had yeah, a bike for a little like, bit yeah. so um, I borrowed my friends bikes or whatever but uh, yeah I haven't really done motos or anything um, for quite a while but I um, yeah still doing it <laughs> I, yeah I never I never wanted to quit I just yeah, uh, yeah it's just like frustrated that yeah. whole time did, and you have diabetes as well right yeah. so how did that fit into this whole sickness Okay, yeah, so I got type 1 diabetes when I was 21. Isn't... Dude, I was talking to a person the other day, and um, they were telling me about the whole, like, type 1 diabetes thing. It's just, like, random. In your 20s, you can just... You could get it tomorrow. Yeah, now, basically, you're, now all, you're a diabetic for life. Basically, all it is in your pancreas, it produces insulin. It just stops producing insulin. It just, yeah, stops working. So, i got to give myself a needle every time I eat, basically. So, like... Yeah, the more carbs and more sugar I eat, the more insulin I have to give myself. So, yeah, okay. Um, so it's a little tricky, but um, it's all right, though. Like, I can deal with that. It's just a, more of a pain in the ass than anything. But um, it's been all right. Like, this whole, it's, like my sickness hasn't been because I've got diabetes. That's just yeah, a whole okay. other thing. So yeah. I, can, I can live and ride totally fine with type 1. You must have just been so frustrated. Like, you get the diabetes thing that goes down. And then this random sickness that, like, pretty much halts the career you've been working for your whole life. Yeah. And then you're seeing dudes like Ferris and Todd and Gibbsy and all these guys, like, you've hung with these guys forever. It's not like these dudes that are achieving stuff are guys that you can't beat or be as good as. Yeah. And you're sitting on the sidelines, like, not even able to do four laps. Yeah, I know. It's a tough times a little bit. But, I mean... It's I a credit to you, though, for, like, being here, though, and still showing up and... Especially, like, at the level that you know you can compete at and knowing that, like, yeah, you're like, oh, I'm not fit. Yeah. It's cool for you to have the mentality of, like, you can still just race because you love the sport. Yeah, that's exactly why I'm here. You know, like, it's, uh, it's a tricky one, but that's just the cards I've been dealt. You know everyone's got their issues. It's like some dudes break, you know, a heap of bones. Some guys get crook or whatever, and that's kind of where I'm at. I'm 
sick and I got type 1 diabetes, but I mean, I, uh, yeah, I love racing. <laughs> and, and the thing <laughs> is, it's like, doing it. what's the alternative? Just, exactly. You know, I can always go get a normal job down the track. Yeah. Like, but you I obviously don't do, want to do that, yeah. Hell no. So I'd rather ride for as long as I can until I have to go get a normal job. You know, we can always work when we're 40 plus or whatever it is. And um, you can't always come back to racing. So yeah. I'd rather just race for as long as I can and then, yeah, I'll work when I have to. <laughs> so... What's it been like being back at CDR? Because you you had that that ride and you were like one of their their main dudes. Like, was it cool to sort of slot straight back in with those guys? Yeah, it's good. It's um. Did you and were you always like pretty tight with Dakar? Like, I guess he's not the kind of guy you get like to be super tight with, like because he's very business sort of yeah. business only kind of guy. But like, was it it cool to just sort of slot straight back into that program? Yeah, I think so. Like, we haven't um had any major arguments or anything like no, yeah. we kind of finished on decent terms so that's what happened that first time in 2013 when I lost my ride there I was I had that glandular fever and I was just crook and whatnot. and it was just couldn't make I it I mean I had the shits but it was it was just part of it he's got to run a business you know he's got to get riders running at the front I couldn't run at the front at the time so a bit of a bummer but um, yeah this last stint's been good um, pretty cruisy like the boys just come up we did a whole day just riding the bike testing it and whatnot um the bike's a lot better this time around than when you rode the it last time one. yeah we rode um well, i was on a 12 and a 13 and that new shape yamaha just come out when i was yeah and it wasn't, just leaving. wasn't good then no comment but um <laughs> it's uh this one's good this one's not better not not bad at all i um I actually did the shootout the for ADB yeah, recently, I so that. I rode all the bikes, and even I jumped on the Yamaha, um, and I'm like, yeah, I know Yamaha's inside and out because I've ridden them for quite a while. I got on the 19, and I was like, wow, okay, this thing's they haven't changed it too much, but whatever they did have done, it's made it a lot better. Yeah. So, um, yeah, good bike. That suspension's really good. Um, and, and I've, I've said it. this, man, like I've said this and I've got a podcast that I did with Dean that's not out yet, but I said to Dean, like, there is no doubt who the best team in Australia is. Oh, yeah. In 100%. terms of like, and I, I don't mean just the race wins and stuff like that, but in terms of like the practice bike, the gear that you get, like everything that CDR gets, it's the top of the top all the time. Yeah. Like you go to Dean's house. And you watch, you see his practice bike, and he, you could tell, he could tell you it was his race bike, and you'd, you'd go, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, um... And not a lot of teams in Australia do that. No, no, they run a tight ship, that's for sure. Um, like when I rocked up, I think it was like a Wednesday or something, when they brought the practice bike up for me to ride, and it was like, there's two bikes, full kit of the out with suspension, like graphics kits, my number, everything all on it, two sets of gear, all printed up, like... As legit as my bike looks right now, that's a yeah. rocked up midweek. And I'm just like, okay, like, this doesn't happen. And I'm, I mean, there are a lot of great teams in, the, it's in just here. A di- it's just a different level. Yeah, he's, um, and he's been doing it, Dak has been doing it for a long time. He's, um, he, yeah, he runs a, runs a tight ship. So what, uh, what are you expecting from yourself tonight? Uh, oh, it's a tough one. Because this track is tight as, like, nearly anyone could. Do well. Yeah, do well. I. Uh, I just want to, I'll be happy. I just want to get good starts and stay out of trouble, but it's going to be mental. Like, I think it's going to be really close. Um, Brayton was on it, though, yesterday. Dude, he, he, he was good. Yeah, I didn't see him, but he was uh, He was at the pointy end. So, 
Um, I felt good day, last night um, practicing. I didn't feel like I was at my limit. Mm. And I ended up fifth overall, so that was that's okay. Good. Yeah, so. Um, Can you, when you consider you've got three of the best dudes in the world, like Brayton won Daytona, yeah. Anderson won the championship, and Dean Wilson's Dean Wilson. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't be too bummed. I haven't, no. I haven't, you know, it's not like I've done a heap of riding or training or anything, so to be in the mix is, uh, it's good, real good. Man, it was cool. Like, you are in the States the same time I was, and it was really cool to see how well you did over there with like no help at all yeah nah thanks it was um great experience I uh I was just feeling really good in myself and my bike was quite good I um well I mean it was kind of stock I just had my DPH uh motor and suspension I just brought that over with me I only had one bike though which made it a bit tough and mm. but uh yeah I was feeling great then and then <laughs> yeah they got sick straight after that and then I've been yeah, kind of useless for a couple of years. Yeah, but, that's um, obviously right. Yeah, but um, yeah, I dig it over there, man. Like the racing supercross in the states is that's where it's at. It's um, yeah, good times, but it's uh, yeah, tough schedule. You know, back what is it? 18, oh, yeah, 17 dude. rounds in 18 weeks. It's uh, it's no joke. Nah, like you. Gnarly. Even to be a even to be a fucking filmer like me, man. <laughs> it's yeah, it's hard to get through that whole series. Just dude. following it around. Oh man, I remember like I remember my first um. My first year over there doing the outdoors, we went to Bud's Creek, and it was either Red Bud or Bud's Creek, but it was like, that was like one of my favorite tracks growing up, and I was just like so stoked to be there. And when I got there, it was so hot, and I was so jet lagged, and I was so tired, and I watched the race in the truck in the air conditioning. Yeah. And I was just like, I just felt like the biggest loser ever, because here I was, I'd like looked up to this this scene and everything and when I got there I was like I just couldn't hang I was like dude I'm fucked yeah. I'm so tired from the travel I'm so tired from the like the airport the drive and then you gotta stay in a really dodgy motel yeah. and then you get there and it's like 110 degrees and then you're out there feeling and I was like I'm done man uh, I can relate and 100%. it's like but that that's the whole year like that's what people don't get and like we were talking about that with Jason and Dean before is like the 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 guys retire so young because of the grind and then yeah. and you imagine like if Jason Anderson and Dean Wilson are getting that tired and they're on like the best teams in the world imagine what it's like as a privateer dude oi yeah. what get here Sleater you cheeky dog <laughs> have you met have you met Sleater before I know of Mike Sleater I think I've seen you Glenn Allen before <laughs> hey we're just gonna adjust this for you this is doesn't want to stay put just put it in my mouth yeah real close these are your headphones. Oh, what a treat. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't even know. Mike Sleater, pull that bad boy to your face. We, uh, we're just talking about how hard the uh, outdoors and because do you remember when Lawson raced the Supercross in the US? Yeah, he crushed it actually. He was riding pretty yeah. good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I obviously have my finger on the pulse over here because of the family. Yeah. yeah. So this guy is incredible in the whoops and good style and and kind of take no prisoner style. So when he came over to, the, to, uh, to America, I kind of knew what was up and I was like, and he soldiered the whole west coast on his own and one was, bike he was saying too he didn't yeah know like I, I remember i remember when i was testing at a local track i'd see him and that was my whole my whole jam like i, I wasn't fast enough to have a ride in the states be, um 
for speed i had the ride because of testing and r&d so yeah. like seeing the, like the guys like bobbing and the durhams and the beermans and the dudes that are doing it for pure passion is like is what you can our sport, relate, yeah. i can relate and i'm, I'm i kind of super fan over it now like being the old guy and just seeing the dudes just doing it because of the passion and not because of a paycheck because they're not making money that's for sure yeah straight losing money son <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we should give a little bit of an intro mike's leader uh if you have ever rode a ktm in the last 10 years uh why it feels nice is because of this guy so how long were you a test rider for those dudes 14 years i started on the first 250f four stroke in 04 um and uh how long like how long did you petition for a linkage honestly honestly i i will i will i don't work there anymore but i will tell you from 04 to 10 i worked in-house so my stuff was really good yeah. and i knew how to tune it so like it, it was i wasn't that bummed on it but like the 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 consumer that took it from a sand track to like a, a hard pack track it sucked. It sucked. Yeah. it sucked. It yeah. sucked. It didn't work good. It just didn't. They didn't know how to to make the changes where a linkage bike, if it works good, say at Coulomb, it's going to work good at you know, QMP. It's going to be pretty close. Yeah, it'll where, be close. Yeah. Where a PDS bike, no linkage bike, it was a completely different setup. So, yeah, um, I'm. I was glad in '11 when we were. Well, I was working on it in like 2009. Yeah. Right. Uh, and so yeah, like I, I knew what was coming. I know what's coming for even 20. And 21. Oh, so and you've ridden all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I just I just resigned after amazing amazing stint at KTM. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, they're they're so aggressive. That's why they've been doing what they've been doing. And I I can say all these manufacturers, Yamaha, Honda, um, <coughs> Suzuki's not one of them. They they're so aggressive with R and D that they're two years out. Like those guys know what's up, and the bikes are pretty damn good. And coming over to Australia to see like Reardon's bike and your bike. It's kind of refreshing to see like the Yamahas. They don't change them dramatically because they're so damn good stock. Yeah, they and, are. Good in, in, in America, stock. We were guys. Just talking about that. In America, they jack them up. Mm. They just get all these fancy bits and pieces and stuff, and they throw them on there, and then they're they're not as good. Well, dude, Todd was saying like so. Todd just did the. He rode for like the factory Honda team, and he said he actually liked uh, in Europe Todd Waters, and he said he liked the like the privateer team the bike a bit better because he said his factory bike was like this hydraulic clutch that they were testing that didn't quite work that good and it was like three million horsepower that like he couldn't quite use and then they they set it up like so different because it's all of this like crazy factory shit that everyone wants yeah and then he got on this he got on this like not a stock but like just a good like there was no extras it was just like what he needed to race and he he, he said it was way better yeah it's um it's like our bikes. Like I'm just running stock clamps and stuff, and I've, well, I haven't ran different clamps on that bike, but like, I remember I tried different ones back in the day when I rode for CDR, and they were just so rigid, and just gave you such a weird feel compared to the standard, standard clamps. Yeah. And um, you know these guys, they test those, those stock bikes a lot to get them comfortable for everyone. You know, and like it's. Uh, yeah, yeah. Travis. Stocks, the stock bikes are getting better and better every year, for sure. Dude, that's what my dad used to say, like, when we were racing. Because, I mean, I, I'll admit, I was a kid that got one of the pipe and I wanted the clamps yeah. and I wanted one of the red XL rims on my Honda and I bought into all that shit. And that's what keeps the wheels turning is yeah. people buying shit. Like, we you need the industry. It, yeah. But my dad always said, like, man, 
they spend millions and millions and millions of dollars to develop these bikes. Yep. There's guys like you that just did so many laps and we just want to go and throw something else on. It's like those bikes are good for a reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, the biggest like thing to that is a skid plate, right? Like everyone's like, oh, I want to add some cool get, stuff to my bike. You got to get out of here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, all good. All right, guys. Thanks for coming on, dude. I yeah, really no appreciate dramas. it. We'll do it again. All right. Kick some ass tonight. Yeah, we'll be watching. You want to get in the hot seat there, sleep? <laughs> sure, man. Swap over, get in the hot seat. Lawson bopping, ladies and gentlemen. One of the greats. Dude, I'm glad that you remembered to come on. I'm uh, stoked. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm... You know I'm a, you know I'm a massive Sleater fan. Yeah, we've, we go way back, though. We way do back. go we, way back. Yeah, just California, SoCal. Living that, living the life. <laughs> not, I'm not complaining. Um, how are you feeling? Because you had that... I don't really know. Like, I only saw it, like, through Instagram. I probably should have reached out, but I didn't. But uh, how's everything going? It's, uh, it was a most trying three and a half months of my life. I literally almost died two times on in a bed at once at home and once in the hospital I uh so what happened yeah first? so I, I was I've been a huge mountain bike enthusiast and I semi-pro yeah yeah I'm that working class pro guy yeah and um once I quit racing moto full-time that I needed advice I needed something yeah, that, that I could outlet, like yeah. something an outlet to like drive and I won two national championships in the cat one class and enduro and kept doing it and kind of like accomplished my goals and then I took a bit of a break and just like my boys are getting bigger seven and five and I kind of got roped into getting back into a, a race this summer in Big Bear at Crafts and Cranks and I was at stage one and I just over I completely blew it overcooked a table to table section and I smashed head first going like 30 30 miles per hour so like 48k and just smashed into the thing face first I ended up fracturing my pe my femur my, destroyed my pelvis my right pelvis side of my pelvis all the ribs on my right side my sternum and my left collarbone god damn yeah and then that was that was obviously really crappy bad, bad. bad. I got an airlifted out to Arrowhead Regional in SoCal spent three days there got cleared to go home and then two weeks later, I was having a heart attack, basically. An embolism came from my pelvis into my lung. No which way. Which is unfortunately what Ryan Villapoto's dad passed away from. No way. So you can't stop that. Once an embolism hits your lung, or your heart, sorry, there's no, like, you could be on the table, they can't fix you. It just cuts you off. Dude, I was wondering that, and, like, man, massive condolences to RV and his family. Like, that's some, that's about, it's the heaviest thing that can ever happen to you, I guess. I can't, like, I can't fathom what he's going through. I was like, I was wondering when I heard that it was a heart attack, and I'm like, dude, people live through crazy heart attacks. Like, it must have been yeah. just over, like yeah. over. Yeah, he pulled over from from what I heard. This is third hand information, um, and I don't want to get into his personal stuff. But from what I've heard, is his dad pulled over to the side of the track, grabbed his chest. Was he riding? He was riding at Kahia. Dude, we, I just had a friend, well, not just, but a year ago, a friend of mine, same thing, died of a heart attack on the track. David Pingree was there, actually, right? Really? And he's a, people might not, might yeah, not yeah, know, he's, he's a, a fireman, fireman, yeah. fire medic, and he, he gave him CPR for 20 minutes. And it was just, there were, it was his time. There was yeah. nothing they could do. Like, David did everything he could do. Cause, Man, he'd be traumatized from that now, too. Yeah, so it's pretty heavy. So I have embolism still in my left lung now. And I'm on blood thinners. Really? To the, like right now, I'm on blood thinners so that 
those embolisms break down they don't go into my heart and kill me so after two weeks of coming home and trying to recuperating and being in a mess because I'm broken just broken everywhere I go to the hospital and they uh, they like don't move like literally don't move you could die like and I spent 13 days in the hospital and had full uh, they drained 3.4 liters of of blood and fluid out of my right lung and they did a full um, reconstruction of it after that went through and scraped my lung out and tried to reconstruct my lung so it would work and what yeah so I had full lung surgery so I'm life is a different I look at life in a different form now and I remember going into surgery like literally kissing my wife hoping I would wake up yeah. like I've never been there. you know you break your arm you break your scaffold yeah, you're not you, like worried you're gonna you not yeah. die and I've, yeah. I, I messed up so bad like and everyone's like oh I feel so bad for you I'm like I messed up yeah like thanks I feel that you feel bad for me but like people like Jared Graves has cancer and that's where it's like why'd that happen I know why I, I got hurt yeah you did that I did Graves that. didn't do the Dick cancer Graves thing. didn't yeah. do the cancer yeah. thing and RV's dad didn't do that with his embolisms you know yeah, like, yeah. like I, I physically messed up like you don't even do a GoFundMe for my dumbass for overcooking a jump <laughs> like I had insurance and 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 to this day, I have, like, the only thing I have going on right now, man, is I have, like, an extreme amount of nerve damage in my chest and, like, upper stomach that feels like a gnarly boogie board rash. Yeah. And it should go away over time. And I'm, I will be riding moto again December 1st. That's going to happen. That's sick. So go test in the 250 shootout for Transworld and, yeah, just doing it. Dude, it's crazy. Um, I don't know if I like if you would have known, but I had like a crazy kidney thing go down I a few heard years that. ago. Yes. Yeah, and it was the same thing, man. Like they, I had like the there was a point where because the thing with it was for me was I didn't know that I only had one. I was only born with one kidney. So then all the moto and everything I've been doing my whole life, and then I'm up in Tahoe, and then this old lady in like all pink, bro, like pink helmet, pink jacket pink pants pink boots pink skis she just like stood up and just like went straight in front of me as I was cooking it out of this uh, this tree run and if I hit her she would have died like I would have killed this lady so I just went off cartwheeled elbowed myself in my only kidney at this point I didn't even know I only had one kidney so then I was with Wes Williams I was staying at his house and so I'm like literally convulsing in pain but I didn't know it was pain like I didn't know that's why I was convulsing but I was my body was in so much pain and shock that I was just like shaking went piss blood vomited blood I had no insurance in Tahoe and Wes is like dude you gotta go to the hospital I was like I'm the can't man I was like I'll die before I leave my family with a $500,000 medical bill like I'm not doing it and so anyway I went to bed and I, I legit went to sleep that night going like I told, called mom and I was like oh I'm like I'm pretty hurt but I'm just gonna get I'm gonna drive home in the morning from Tahoe and I'll get on a plane I'll come home but I was just like for that night I was like oh cool I could die and then long story but when I finally did come back to Australia they said the same thing like they did these tests on me and then they called me uh, they actually called my brother because I still didn't even have a phone in Australia and then they called my brother and they're like please put your brother on the phone he's about to die and my brother just went like, "Holy fuck!" And like gave like gave me the phone. I uh, gave me the phone, and then they're like, "Yeah, you got to go." But so I had the surgery. But the the issue was is that my kidney function was so low that my blood pressure was so high I was going to stroke out. So I had this surgery, 
to put like a stent in and then did nothing for the blood pressure was even higher. So I'm in post-op just like shaking uncontrollably and they're like, you got to relax, you got to calm down, your blood pressure's through the roof. And I'm just like, dude, I, I, I don't know what to do. Like I can't do anything different. I'm trying to be cool. You guys are stressing me out. Like just let me do my thing. And there was like hours and hours and hours where the blood pressure wouldn't come down. And then they ended up doing like the, the whole crash cart thing. And I was just like, dude, I could actually die. Like yeah. you don't think it's a very surreal feeling when it like sets in that it's like this actually could be a possibility like yeah. you just think it's so out there yeah, that you could die yeah like we, we as moto guys we kind of think we're in, we get numb to like oh we're so used to eating shit yeah. and then being good or your buddy like broken femur oh he just broke his femur to the average common moral they're like oh that's that's the life changing experience and like to us it's like oh just put a rod no, in it no we'll be back months. in six weeks yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah the same same thing like you know, my wife, you know, Sarah had a hard time with it because I was at the beach Sunday after two, like, before I got admitted and I was under, like, a quick shade and I'm, like, on a walker going, oh, man, like, this is, this is so nice. I started getting the chills and the shakes and she's like, oh, are you okay? Like, like, she wasn't, because I just didn't want to believe yeah, that, that it I was could be that, that bad. bad. Yeah. And when I started seeing photos, and like, when I was in the hospital and I look back at them now, I look back at those photos and I'm like, I was in really, I lost 20 pounds and I didn't have 20 pounds to lose. Yeah. I had about maybe five or six that I could have been leaned out for fighting weight, but <laughs> no, it was a, it was a trying time, but like Doesn't I said, it was, it, makes it, you yeah, it was, it didn't kill me. Um, I, I'm not going to be the same. My body's not going to be the same and I'm completely content with it because it's all about my family now, my kids, like all I do from riding moto and mountain bike and anything I do activity wise for the story, not for a trophy. Yeah. And like that's, it, it maybe took that, that incident to, to get yeah, that out of me. Yeah. And it, it sucks. It took that, but I'm just a competitor with anything I do. And now I, I want to see my kids accomplish their personal goals and whether, whatever they want to do, you know? So, and you're a dude that's done a lot. Yeah, thanks. Like, I, like you've done a lot. You might you. not have ever been the dude that like won a Supercross championship or whatever, but in terms of like what you were able to achieve, and I think it's like a, it's also a testament to your character as well that you worked at. Like, how many people have ever worked for a manufacturer for fourteen years as a rider? Yeah, that that not company. A lot, was, man. Thanks. That company was badass. They they gave me a platform to build on, and I. I hustled my ass off for that company because I, I appreciate what they did for me. Yeah, you, you're a kind of guy that like never took opportunities for granted either. No, and Probably because it, it was hard for you to get them at the start. Yeah, like I, I messed up early in my pro career. I thought I was ready for Supercross and I wasn't. <laughs> and I was not. And But I kept getting better over those trials and I never, my pops never stopped backing me and like my friends and the industry and I, I kind of just, I mean, my it was crazy being down in Sydney today, like in the harbor. I was there 20 years ago, 1999, when I came over to race a Cessna KTM really? at Newcastle Speedway against John O'Porter and Ando. No shit. And like, I was like, this is two wheels took me across the world, like 20 like, years ago. Yeah, and then 20 years, now, and yeah. I'm back here, you know, 19, 20 years ago, and it's like, I look at like the boppings and like the young guys, the Jay Wilsons, and the young guys that have had trials and tribulations. Like, do not quit. Did like, you know about boppings, like how sick he got? I, I honestly learned today. Dude. Like, I, he just run through. It's like been years, man. Like, yeah. his, his life literally just got changed. Like, like that, that's He got one of those diabetes, things. and then he got this, like, mystery illness. Yeah, and that's where I say, like, when I crashed, like, that's that's nothing compared to that. Like, he didn't do anything to get that. Like, yeah, he just He didn't come up, up short on a jump. Yeah. He didn't mess up. Like, 
that, I mean, I, I am hyped to see the guy out ripping and looking good. And, you know, that's where the sport is the best. Like, to be here in, in, in uh, Australia and seeing, like, these guys that are that are grinding and racing against, like you said, I heard you say the Dinos and the Andersons. Like, Anderson's the Supercross champ. Yeah. Like, he's the fastest Supercross rider in the world, and he's here in Australia. Not the fastest qualifier. Yeah. Because there's dudes like Wilson and Reardon and... You know, Chad's not the fastest and one of the greatest of all time. So it's like tonight's going to be insane. Like, yeah. I'm pretty hyped to watch these dudes here. Yeah, no, I'm excited. And, like, I've missed this. I've been in America every time it's been on. So this is, like, like my first time back here. And I'm stoked. And I, every, every, and, like, it sucks because, I mean, I've known, like, Dean and Jason and all these guys for so long. And for me, like, I've always been in their country. And, I, like, it feels so rad to have them here. And then it's like, you know, when Dean's up in Queensland next next week, then it's like, I'm going to be able to get to show him my stuff the way that he's showed me and all those guys. Like, well, it's so rad. Yeah, it's, it's uh, I think that the sport's in a bad place globally. Like, and I think Australia thinks they need to maybe catch up to what the States are doing. But walking around the pits here and yesterday, last night and seeing the riders and seeing the bikes and you don't need to chase the states the states are they're spending all this money in these big semis these hospitality areas the fans want to talk to the riders they want to go up and hang with them you just need a quick shade the rider the mechanic like dude the, straight rhythm yes that's exact that's ex jerry mallet did exactly that you could not bring a semi to the track you could not bring a, a you had to have a sprinter or a truck like bring it back core. Like we all complain about the industry. Get the cost of racing down, so like these dudes can go do it. Like, like I'm not gonna lie, man. All those privateers out there should be right here. Yeah. They should be right here, so all these people can talk to them and hang out with them. And they can give them some stickers and get to know them. But it, we only have the OEMs right here. Yeah. Like we need to embrace the the dudes that are paying their way, that are trying to get there. Or they're going to get discouraged and not come. Yeah, 100%. That, that's just my, my two cents on that. And I totally, like, yeah, straight rhythm to me is like the, that's like, okay, we needed this. Everyone needed to see because it's like, oh, if we scale back, blah, 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 blah. No, it's like, this works, man. Yeah, you We don't... scaled it back. It's all two strokes. You have to bring a box van or a truck. And that event blew Red Bull TV numbers away. Yeah, I didn't know that the analytics crushed. Did they? Massive, bro. Yeah, like I that, spoke to Jeremy this week. Yeah, it's it's, and I know he had an ulcer from it, pretty much. Dude, but, uh, it's so funny. <laughs> I love him. He's like, he, well, you know, he's one of my best mates. But like, it, I just love that he comes on Instagram for two weeks a year. Yeah, and it's the two weeks before straight yep. with him, so that he yep. can just like stir the pot. Yep. He's like this random dude in comments that no one even knows he's about. So, he's so tactical, so dude. tactical. And I, like now, everyone's doing this whole like calling out, talking shit. Like he started all that. Yeah, I mean. For, I, I, I got to race straight with him last year. Yeah, yeah. I and that was like, honestly, bucket list shit. Like, I hadn't raced Supercross in seven years, and I was like, uh, maybe I shouldn't do that. You should, like, let Surratt have my spot or something. Dude, you're the two-stroke world champ. Come do this. Like, if you don't like it, there's some little, like, I have backups. And essentially, like, there's no backups. If you qualify in, you qualify yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. There's not the alternate guy. It's like, if you're fast enough, You'll race. And it's 45 seconds. Yeah. You still fit enough and for that. And unfortunately, Reedy got broke off, and I essentially just slid right in. And that event, the way that, like, they just take care of the riders, and they – it's it's not a, a separation. I know it's small, it's invite-only, but it's not a separa separation. Yeah, 100%. Well, who have we got – who have you got tonight uh, in terms of getting the dub here? 
because I think we've been streaming this for like 20 hours. Okay. Uh, what's your plans actually? Now? Are you going to be going up to the Goldie next week? I'll be in the Goldie all next week, man. For how long though? Uh, 10 more days. We're doing a legit version of this. Sounds Are you good. keen? Absolutely, of course. I, I would love to. You do know I'm like, a fan of the podcast. I would love to go like proper deep. Yeah, yeah. Let's do, tonight. Who I got? JB. Yeah, fuck, he looks so good. If he gets the start, but you know what? Who you know what? I want to win. Like JB's my boy. I mean, there's so much class here. Just in dudes. Yeah. It's kind of hard to like. I would love to see Medi win. Dude, and you know what? He gives me gives me goosebumps, dude. For Medi to win, like the dude's just such a he's such a um, great human being. Yeah. And like, I went down on the floor, sounding super fan, and want to get a picture of JB and Medi because I got to race with those guys my whole life. And and Medi's so Australian, and he spent more years in America racing than he did Australia. Yeah. And he's so true to be an Australian, and he's back here, and he's he never six, lost that accent either. Yeah, and he's six points away, right? Six is it six points? It's close, yeah. He could win the championship. I'd hate to see that rob from JB, but at the same time, he earned it. So I, I, I'm gonna go like. You going for I, the fairy tale? I, I'm going for Medi. I'll say Medi. Hey, yeah. your kids are half Australian, so like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. you're in a like, if you were full blown American and you didn't have Aussie kids, yeah, that'd be such yeah. a dick move. <laughs> but like, you can get a pass on yeah, like, yeah. one an Aussie. Yeah, to win. I'm, I'm gonna go Medi just because you know if his story is so dynamic, and I hope this is a chapter that he can go bam and like done it, done it. Yeah, you know, because he deserves it. If if Chad ends up racing Anaheim one, I don't want him to win tonight. But if Chad doesn't get to race A1 and this is his last race, I want Chad to win. Yeah, I, I, I'm a huge Chad Reed fan just because... You can't just, be. No, he, you can't not be. Yeah, he's just a badass. And But he, I'm a dirt bike racer and I'm the analytics showed he's not look, he was not looking good last night. Nah. He did not look like he was flowing. Let's hope he gets his shit together, gets a whole shot. But he's a gamer. He is a gamer. Like, he's not a one-lap wonder. He's not a time-qualifying guy. He didn't grow up in that era. And he's cagey. And he he does not want to let his Australian family down. He does not. He's, he's, he'll put... Oh, this is like San Diego for him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's places where you know he's going to show up. JB said, like, straight up, he's, he will just blow anyone off the track to win this weekend. So. 100%. It's going to happen. Sick. Well, thanks for coming on, and uh, let's do this next week. Sounds good, bro. I really want to get you on. Appreciate it. Awesome, bro. Right, that wraps us up. Uh, I think we've been streaming for like 500 hours, and yeah, I'm over it. I need some food. Uh, big thank you to our sponsors. If you're looking at this, uh, I guess from a crowd perspective, you'll see all the Nobby uh, banners. Nobby is a subscription underwear company. Uh, $20 a month gets you a new pair of undies every month and uh, these guys have been with us for a while now and uh, there's a reason that they've been with us for a while because they are legit underwear. Uh, I even said yesterday ashamedly that I sometimes wear them for three days in a row without washing them because there's a lot of uh, technology actually in their underwear. So yeah, $20 a month gets you a fresh pair shipped to your door. It's all free shipping. We're also streaming this podcast on the 4G LTE network of Boost Mobile. So you can go to boost.com.au. Uh, you, you actually just go to a server. The SIM cards are $2. So that's what we did uh, for this podcast in particular. We went to the servo. I bought two uh, $2 SIM cards. We got two $75 recharges. And we're actually streaming this podcast live to Facebook. Uh, 
using Hotspot from our phone. It's ridiculous. Uh, we've had this thing just running all day. Uh, so if you're a data hungry mofo like myself, Boost Mobile has you covered. Uh, also need to give a shout out to our boys at Rival Inc. Uh, Rival Inc. for me is probably the best graphics company in Australia, uh, maybe one of the best graphics companies in the world. Uh, I've toured their facilities, the guys are friends of mine, uh, and it actually blows me away with just how legit uh, these guys are. They aren't like trend followers, they're not the kind of guys that are like looking at what other people are doing. They're based like purely uh, in innovation, like they're creating the latest and greatest technology when it comes to, to motocross graphics. They do custom graphics, they got stuff you can order online, there's gonna be a Gypsy Tales kit that you can get online uh, very shortly uh, as well. Seat covers, uh, they do plastics, they do accessories, uh, and also you can go to the Rival Inc. website, Google those bad boys, uh, and if you type in Gypsy Tales on checkout, you'll get 15% off. Uh, so yeah, win-win. The guys are legends. Uh, they've helped us make this weekend possible. So yeah, thank you to the guys at, at uh, Nobby. Thank you to the guys at Boost Mobile. And thank you to the guys at Rival Inc. I've had a hell of a lot of fun. We've talked a lot of crap over the last couple of days. Um, and thank you to uh, our team here for making it happen. Uh, Ricky has been killing it. Mick is an absolute legend. Uh, and shout out to Gumtree for hooking us up with these couches for a cool hundo. Um, that's it. Thank you very much to everyone for listening. And we'll be back with more Gypsy Tales. Uh, actually, I'll just give that a little bit of a plug too. If you want to follow us on Instagram, you can follow us at Gypsy Tales Podcast. Uh, we post a new podcast every week to Spotify, to iTunes. We also do the video stuff for YouTube. Uh, so you can subscribe on uh, all of those platforms. And the Instagram is the best way to stay up to date. So at Gypsy Tales Podcast on Instagram. Thank you very much. Uh, we are out. We're going to go watch some Supercross. And I'm super freaking pumped.